Cinemodities, late night movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities, where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classics swamp. I'm Zach. And remember, my brother, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone. We are continuing on with our high-impact joke density series, and this week I'm very happy to announce we have another extravaganza. An extravaganza on Cinemodities is defined as whenever there is more than one other person with me. And you heard him doing the intro. He's not Zach. We have Justin, once again, for the first time in this series. So thanks for being here, Justin. Oh, yeah. And back from Airplane, he survived that comedy. We have LaShawn once again. Thanks for coming back, LaShawn. Yeah, thanks for having me. And there are cars in this one, too. Yes, definitely. So we have something for you to talk about. So with uh, the two of them here, I have to mention, as always, well, where is Zach? And I think it's becoming the running theme of this. Of course, we know he's working at the restaurant. But very frequently, we know that he is working on calming people down over things that they're angry about that are damaging to customers of the restaurant. It's like they haven't learned that... This is just the whole shtick of the establishment. But I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but we have, like, a uh, a station. It's kind of like one of those stand-up, like, suntan lotion stations where you can go in and you can pay to have every orifice of your body filled with wacky glue. And so people are like, well, this this is going to hurt people, you know. Well, one, one of your orifices is your mouth, so it's going to prevent you from br- breathing. Same with your nostrils. And they're just like, why do you have this? It's going to kill people. And first off, we have to say, it's a service that you pay for. If you don't want to die, don't pay for it. It's not supposed to be some fun experience that you come to the restaurant and use. It's an important service that we offer for those who need it. So everybody, Zach is getting people at the restaurant to calm down. I'm always here on the podcast telling everybody, just calm down. You know, we're not forcing you to do these things, so just don't do them. That's like the whole thing these people aren't realizing, those detractors of the restaurant. So... Once again, we'll have some new additions to the restaurant at the end, but with all that out of the way, we can get into what we're discussing today. The movie is Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood, and I cannot wait for this episode to go live on like Spotify and places because that title is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be awesome. And I'm very happy to announce that the two people we have here both wanted to talk about this movie. And so back when we had our airplane episode, I know we talked a little bit about uh, LaShawn in this series, how I was surprised that he wanted to talk about airplane, and we discussed those reasons back then. But when he also said he was interested in Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood, I was like, I'm not surprised at all. I don't think we ever watched this together, but I know we had talked about it to some extent. Maybe more of the weigh-ins we had talked about. Am I misremembering this? Am I back in that trap, LaShawn, or is that right? No, that's spot on. We've talked about the scary movies and everything, so we, I'm a big fan of these two. So, or all the brothers, I guess. I don't know how many brothers there are. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like they've got a nephew now too. Oh, geez, it's growing out of control. I think there's like five or seven brothers. I think like the Wayans family has like ten children or something like that, and they even make a great joke about it in this movie. But we'll, we'll get to that, of course. But the other person. 
Uh, at the same time he said he wanted to talk about Matilda, Justin said he wanted to talk about this movie as well. And I think out of the three of us, Justin, you have the least history with this, wasn't it? Didn't you tell me something like you had not seen it in a while or you didn't remember some of it or something like that? Yeah, it had been so long since I've seen the movie, so I needed a refresher. This podcast has been like a trip through my childhood. I mean, like Mike, <laughs> Matilda, and now Don't Be a Menace. Oh, shit, I already forgot it. Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Yeah, you know, we're just... I'm just growing up through the podcast all over again. Perfect. And, and I'm glad you remembered the full title of the movie because... Every time I say it, I'm going to say the full title. And if any of you try to shirk and only say some of the title, I'm going to call you out. So everybody, get it on your screen now so you don't forget it. But we have to get all 14 words in every time it's said. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, people might confuse what we're talking about. But but no, I'm, I'm glad that we have uh, two people here who wanted to talk about it. This is a movie that... I guess for my context, I've known about for a while, not as long as some of the other movies we've done this month. Uh, I think it was college was the first time I really saw it and uh, got to know it. But I had been familiar with, you know, the Wayans Brothers scary movie, of course, back in the day when that came out. And I was really tempted to do scary movie on this series because when you think of spoof and parody movies, I think scary movie, at least for our generation, is one that you go to almost immediately. But I decided to do this instead from the Wayans well, because one, I think, you know, Scary Movie doesn't exist without this movie coming first. Uh, and two, this was something I've wanted to discuss on Cinemodities since we started the podcast. It's been in my spreadsheet, taking up way too much space, making one column way longer than it needs to be. Because I don't wrap text in the spreadsheet. And we're finally getting to it. So Why don't you wrap text? Because then you can just see this movie title in all of its glory. <laughs> This might be the the movie we've covered with the longest name. So this is 14 words, but we also did Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. That's only 12 words. So officially, this is the longest titled movie we have ever discussed on Cinemodities. And so you guys are here for a Hell grand yeah. occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the title... I had to say, I was watching uh, some trailers. Every time we do, like, an older movie, and even though this is going to be the most recent in the series at 1996, uh, I always like to see what trailers were like back in the day. And there is a trailer for this movie where they say, this is the only movie released this year with 14 words in its title. So that was part of the <laughs> marketing gimmick as well, was how long this title was. <laughs> All right, so like I said, 1996, January 12th, has a $4 million budget, makes $20 million, so definitely was a financial success, but received terrible reviews. People did not like this movie when it came out. Uh, I read Roger Ebert's review of it. He said he laughed at some of the jokes but felt bad about it. Uh, he said, I quote, don't, don't be a menace. He shortened the title, so that's okay. Even though he's dead, uh, we should contact him on Seance Modities and, and yell at him for not using the whole title. He says <laughs> it's the first modern comedy to depend upon stereotypes of a racial or ethnic group for its existence. And I agree with that assessment, that that is what it's relying on. But I think that's the point. This, of course, is a parody yeah. of, as Wikipedia calls it, hood films, which I found very strange. Wikipedia is like, this is a, a parody of hood films. And I'm like, I, I guess that's what they're called. Like, 
boys well, that's in the... what they say at the start of the movie it's like uh what is it? One in every ten kids who oh, grows yes. up in the hood is going to have to sit through a, a coming-of-age hood tale. And then, like, one out of five of them is going to get shot in the theater. Yes. Yeah, a, a joke that does not hold up well today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was this, bef- was this pre-Columbine? It was pre-9-11. Yes. So, well, Columbine was 99. This was 96. And, I mean, Columbine wasn't even in the movies. Yes, the movie this, this was pre-Dark Knight when the guy dressed up like the Joker and, and shot people. <laughs> yes. So, so I think that's the point of this movie, its reliance on, you know, stereotypes, because it's parodying, you know, do the right thing, uh, menace to society, boys in the hood, and like a slew of others. So I, I guess, you know, for Roger Ebert, and I'm sure he saw those other movies as well, you know, he was kind of tr- feeling a little weird laughing at this movie. But, you know, once again, that's that's the point of this. And, and I think, you know, that's what kind of, you know, makes it so funny because it, it is one of those comedies that really relies on that and it doesn't, you know, stray from it. Like, I would say that most of the movie is that racial stereotype idea and that's kind of what the Wayans just are or were, you know, I don't know these days. But even think of their movie other than their spoofs and parodies with this and Scary Movie. I mean, White Chicks. Like, White Chicks was just, you know, stereotype the movie from what I remember, right? I have not seen White Chicks. LaShawn, did you ever see that one? I've only seen it once. Oh, yeah. I used to quote uh, quote White Chicks, like, all the time. That was my movie. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Right on, right on. And plus, you know, I've been told I'm a beautiful chocolate man, so there's that. But uh, <laughs> that's also from White Chicks. Has anyone ever told you you look just like Denzel Washington? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I... Uh... Have heard it once or twice. <laughs> what a beautiful chocolate man! <laughs> you know, but the Did white people chicks call you that before or after white chicks? <laughs> after, for sure. <laughs> that movie like made it okay to call people that. I feel like I don't know. Okay. If it, I feel like it's not a bad thing though. I mean, I'm good with it. <laughs> it definitely sounds like a compliment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, white chicks was definitely making fun of you know upper-class, Caucasian women type of thing, and, um, you know, the spoiled rich kid vibe thing. And so this was kind of the same thing, just on the other side of things, the the hood films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think this is a unique one because of that. You know, it's parodying something that's very serious. You know, those movies, like Do the Right Thing, Menace to Society, those are very, very serious movies. And... Uh, that's what comedy should do, I think, is, you know, challenge something serious. This movie has all the the great hallmarks. Going back to this getting terrible reviews, like I said, I've wanted to cover this movie for so long. I find this movie hilarious. I love this movie. It has its problems, don't get me wrong, but I think it does everything a comedy should. It has parts where you groan. It has parts where you laugh. It has parts that make, make you cringe. It has parts that... Uh, make you, you know, feel like you're doing something bad. I think it hits everything that a comedy should do. And we're going to get to the cringy part, that that damn toe-sucking scene, like, oh. made me, like, physically ill when I was watching it the Dude, other day. Dude, <laughs> me too. Oh, my God. There's few things that actually make me cringe. That made me cringe. Oh, yeah, that was that was rough to see. <laughs> <laughs> So before we jump into the movie proper, I, I was very kind of surprised because for years, I think I, I never looked it up, but for this recording, I wanted to um, know who directed it. 
And I was like, oh, it had to be one of the weigh-ins or both of them or something. Like, I could see them writing it, starring in it, directing it. But it's actually directed by a guy named Paris Barclay. And this is his only theatrical film. Everything else he's done has either been, like, music videos, TV shows, or TV movies. And, and I do want to get into what I think that means for this movie and why it works, where in some cases I think TV directors doing theatrical films has not worked. But when I was looking into, like, oh, okay, he directs TV, what has he directed? Apparently he is one of the most successful TV directors of all time. He has, like, over 67 actual TV shows he's directed. And that's not saying, like, episodes, just TV shows he's directed. And, and I wanted Damn. to run through just, like, a quick thing of to show off all the, the width and breadth that he has at directing. So some of his, his works in TV include one episode of Diagnosis Murder, 12 episodes of NYPD Blue, two episodes of Clueless, three episodes of ER, three of The West Wing, one of Law & Order, one of Numbers, one of House, one of Lost, three of The Shield, one of Weeds, two of Monk, nine of Cold Case, one of The Mentalist, four of CSI, 35 episodes of In Treatment, 15 episodes of Sons of Anarchy, and 9 episodes of Glee. So he's done everything, from political dramas to, to crime procedurals, to teen shows, to Lost, to Numbers. Like, this dude just does it all. And I was kind of blown away that I had never heard of this guy before, but I've probably seen, you know, tons of his episodes on TV. <laughs> I did not know the I didn't look into it but I did not know the name of the episode when of the episode of Weeds he directed LaShawn and I was tempted to look into it but I was like oh god I don't want to be reminded of that show in the slightest <laughs> <laughs> not worth it So he is a a TV director through and through and I think that ties in perfectly to one of my main thoughts on this is that this movie is right between like a Zazz movie, like when we discussed Airplane, LaShawn, you know, we talked about how there was no story there. It was all just gags and jokes. It's right between a Zazz movie like that and something that's more of a story-driven comedy like a Mel Brooks movie. And we talked about High Anxiety last week, where I think that there is a story here. It's very loose. The story is basically summarized as, you know, um, Ashtray wants to be with Dashiki and then gets her pregnant and her ex-boyfriend or current boyfriend or something, Toothpick, just vows to kill Ashtray because of it. Like, it's a very loose story, but they, they spread it out enough, and it gets dipped away from... But this movie isn't just gags. If anything, I would call this movie, like, a 90-minute sketch comedy show. Like, none of the jokes are just like, whoa, look at that, forget about it, we're on to the next one. There's actual scenes set up, there's actual jokes that are played through... And there's actual character establishment. Like, the one that I think of for this example, it has nothing to do with the story, but we get to go see Loke Dog at a job interview. And that's just like a sketch. Oh, that sketch. was so good. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little sketch. And so I definitely kind of, I think, love this movie because it is almost sketch comedy, the movie. And that's kind of, you know, sketch comedy, everybody knows, is my lifeblood. Like, that's what I live for in comedy. And this isn't just gags. This isn't full story. It's actually like the Wayans just, you know, riffing with sketches. And I really like that. What, what do you guys think about that assessment? Or did you feel that, that same way when you were watching it? Don't fight now over who goes first. <laughs> no, I agree. I think that's a good assessment. You you hit the nail on the head. Like, there's definitely a story, and the story, like, 
I really got a kick out of how low effort the story was. And then there's just so many things in the movie that are just have nothing to do with the story, but are ridiculous and hilarious at the same time. Yes. So absolutely. And I agree with both of you on that one. Um, I would say that there were a lot of, I don't know. I would, I don't really get the whole sketch comedy thing from, from this one. I feel like they were just, jokes (laughs) jokes <laughs> oh okay okay what, what, in comparing it to something like airplane though would you agree that the jokes were a little more fleshed out than just gags type of thing it's kind of hard to tell because i feel like the whole thing was one giant joke but then throughout yeah that's tough i'll, I'll get back to you on that one. okay okay <laughs> right on so so that it's definitely you know um not to say that I, I guess the way to put it is i definitely see a lot of influence on the wayans brothers from zazz is, you know, like, the whole foreplay scene with the toe-sucking, like, some of that stuff is just jokes, where it's just, like, she pulls out a hot dog, and he put, tries to put it in her mouth, she's like, that's the baby's lunch, you fool, and puts it back in. <laughs> no, I'm fool. That's the baby's lunch. Or, like, the, the dripping the, the hot cheese and stuff, so it's definitely kind of, you know, that blend, and, and I think, you know, they were influenced by Zazz, probably some others... Um, from back in the day, maybe possibly Mel Brooks and things like that. Um, but but it is kind of, you know, this this weird blend, which I think is why it's, it's so interesting to talk about. Um, I definitely see in some of these uh, sketches or jokes, like I, I could totally see how the Wayans brothers influenced Key and Peele. Like that joke in the parking lot of the convenience store where like Toothpick has, uh, has like an Uzi and then... Uh, or Toothpick has, like, a pistol, and Lokejaw has an Uzi in his pants, and then they pull out a rocket launcher, so he pulls out, like, a missile <laughs> in the back of his uh, his mail truck. And just that, I definitely think of Key and Peele, just that sense of escalation. Like, the joke is just playing with, you know, pushing it further and further. And and that great line from Lokejaw when he's like, you better get your stank ass out of here before I bring the nuclear holocaust up in here. It's just like, I said, do we have a... That is that is exactly like what Key and Peel would, would would do in Mad TV, you know, in the early two thousands and with their sketch show later on. And it's definitely, you know, good to see that. Because I, I I like Key and Peel for the most part. I think they're also influenced by just the the racial jokes like constantly and and some of them they overdo or reuse that I don't like. Where this movie, I think the 90 minutes serves it well to that to that uh, essence. Before, I feel like we can get in the trap of, you know, just talking about the jokes that we love in this movie. I definitely wanted to talk about this movie as I see it as the beginning of the end of parody movies. So I don't think it came up uh, when we talked about Airplane, LaShawn, but last week with High Anxiety, we were kind of talking about, you know, the state of comedy today and that we don't really get parody movies anymore. Like, comedy is either comedy worked into some movie where it makes the movie kind of low-key funny, or comedy is we have some big comedic person who gets the main role and they're put in weird situations. Like, today we have, you know, like, Melissa McCarthy. Like, uh, what was that movie from a year or so ago? Um, I think it was The Happy Time Murders, 
where they're just like, Melissa McCarthy is a funny person, or at least people think she's funny, so we're going to put her in a movie with puppets. And we're going to make it raunchy as hell, and it's going to be very lowbrow. And that's not really a parody of anything, that's just comedy today. But the way I see it is, you know, the Wayans brothers came around, they, they had their work on, on this and In Living Color. This leads to them making Scary Movie, which just, you know, is very well received. And then Scary Movie just gets evolved into Scary Movie 4, uh, Date Movie, Epic Movie, all these things that are just produced quickly and cheaply and dumped on Netflix today. So I definitely see this as the beginning of the end of parody movies. I wanted to pick your guys' brains. Do you know of any recent parody movies? I don't. I think if they do exist, it's something that just gets dumped on Netflix that you know nobody really sees, and when they do see, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other, right? Yeah, I agree with you on that for sure. Um, and I, I think you pretty much got it spot on where you said that they just started becoming cheap and quick. And that's what took away the the whole appeal of it, because the first couple scary movies were great. Um, but when you start picking, you know, to parody movies that were already bad anyways, now you're just hitting <laughs> over the head with even worse content. And so people just got tired of it, I think. And so Netflix and straight to DVD type movies were right where, you know, they end up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you, you bring up the notion of we're parodying things that are already bad. Like th- this this movie in particular parodies the hood films, the, the like, um, you know, the Spike Lee genre, things like that. And those were respected movies. Things right. like High Anxiety parodies, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, respected movies. Whereas, you know, I think one of the most recent examples I know of is there was a parody movie called Vampires Suck, and it was parodying Twilight. And it's like, even there are so many people that didn't want to go see Twilight. Why would they want to see a parody of Twilight? Exactly. The only good parody out that I know right now, that I know is out right now, is what we do in the shadows on Hulu, which is just parodying, parodying, parodying (laughs) (laughs) vampire movies and just, you know, the vampire genre in general. It's a TV show, but that movie, that show's really well done. That's a, I'm glad you bring that up because that is one that I don't think we mentioned last week and I wouldn't have thought of, um, that I have to check out, but from what I've heard, that is more of, like, a classic parody because it's yeah. – like you said, it's doing the genre. Like, it's making fun of, like, vampires and, and the lore, the, the mythology behind them rather than, you know, any specific thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good example. And, and it will rip on specific movies and different parts of it, but, yeah, it's more of just the genre as a whole. It's you not know, what it relies parody. on interview with a vampire and and dracula you know it draws a lot of inspiration from all that stuff even twilight you know like they throw in twilight jokes but it's actually funny because <laughs> the guy's like i want to sparkle like twilight and everyone's like you're such an idiot shut the fuck up and then they just keep going with this show you know they throw in some quips it's not i've got to watch an hour two hour long parody of twilight nobody wants to see that a couple quick jokes could be funny Okay, okay. Yeah, that that's a great example. I'll have to check that out just for the recentness of it because I can't stand, you know, any of those the, – the non-parody comedies where it's like like the Melissa McCarthy's uh, – who else? I think we we might have mentioned yeah, it all with LaShawn, but um, it might have been last week with Ben. But um, like uh, Kevin Hart and Adam uh, – Kevin Hart and The Rock. 
it's like using them as a comedy duo has never really done much for me because it's like I saw one and they were like, do you get it? Like, he's really tall and he's really short. And I'm like, <laughs> I do get it. <laughs> like, I don't need to see eight movies about that. <laughs> the only other recent parody that I can think of, it's on Netflix as well. <laughs> you know, who would have thought? But it's the the super fast and it's a, a parody of the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, I don't know if you've seen that pop up, but it, it it popped up for the longest while. Like they pushed it hard, um, and it was a pretty catchy little like uh, album cover, not album cover, movie cover. Sure. And uh, it was, I watched it. It it was actually pretty funny, but I don't think it was funny because of the movies it was making fun of. It was funny because of the the car culture that it's making fun of, and it it really kind of stuck with me. I was like, oh, I know car guys that do that, or you know, I know people who put funny stickers on their car so at one of the episodes or whatever the scenes a guy pulls up and he's just got a white car with like pony stickers on it and it's like oh man everyone's like look at his car that's so cool and it's like it's really not that funny at all but you just laugh because it's so bad okay i am definitely gonna have to check that out because i i think last week i was saying like why don't we have a parody of Fast and the Furious yet? Because there's 6,000 of them. Like, that is prime right. fodder for parodying something. So I will definitely have to see that. That <laughs> sounds right up my alley. Even though I think those movies themselves have become parodies of themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you like the Fast and the Furious movies, LaShawn? I do. Rob uh, hates them. Yeah, that's, so I like oh, the God. first few. I will, I'll say that. But once they started yeah. getting away from the cars... And honestly, the only reason I like the movies, because I will admit they are bad, but I love <laughs> I love street racing and the whole like car scene thing. So it, it just kind of yeah. brings home uh, the culture I like. That's really the only reason I support them. I've been trying to get Rob to just, you know, we do a marathon one day and we just watch every <laughs> Fast and the Furious. He's not about it. So I need you to push this for me. The only one I've seen the whole way through is Tokyo Drift. But then the parts of the other movies I've seen don't do – like, they just make me laugh at how dumb they are. Like, I've seen – I think it's, like, the sixth one where they're doing something on, like, a runway. Like, they got to catch up to a plane or something where the plane is, like, in the process of taking off. And the right. scene lasts, like, 30 minutes, and they're constantly driving. And I'm like, the <laughs> runway would have to be, like, the length of the United States. Like, they would have reached the end of the runway, like, five minutes in. And then I saw another scene where I think for some reason, like, the good guys are, like, hacking cars or something to, like, block other people. And then, like, the bad person is like, I'm going to counter hack these cars. And I'm like, no. I'm like, please, God, no. I don't need this in my life. <laughs> maybe maybe one day, Justin, we'll do uh, the Fast and the Furious series. I think Ben wants to talk about those. And that's where I'm just like, uh, that might be the first time I'm not involved with cinemodities. Like, I just, <laughs> I just do the sound production in the background and have no comments. <laughs> I just want to watch all of them. I stopped at, I think, two. I never saw Tokyo Drift. And I just, I feel incomplete. <laughs> Do you have a favorite one, LaShawn, or is there a best one? One. So, I, I <laughs> it's definitely gotta be like, one. I like the second one. Uh, oh, okay. two's really good. Yeah. yeah, just because Tyrese is kind of a badass and. He kind of just doesn't do any comedic stuff, which I'm like, thank God they put him in the movie and they didn't. They're not like, hey, you be the funny guy. Like, we need you to do that. And I'm like, we don't always need a funny guy. Like, you can you can script humor many different ways instead of just having a funny guy. And I was happy they didn't do that. Okay, okay. When does The Rock show up? In like five or six? One. Oh, no, The Rock. 
Isn't he in the one? Fourth? Oh. I don't know. Uh, fourth one, I think? <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you've got your idea for uh, your next uh, couple episodes. There you go. Some just focus on Fast and Furious. You have so much content there. Oh, God. That, that would be a lot of content. Uh, the Thankfully, there are a lot of movies out in the world that, <laughs> that can come up. I honestly think I would want to discuss, like, what other crazy long franchises are there? I would rather do, like, Final Destination before I did Fast and the Furious. Are, so are the Oceans movies really on, like, Eleven and stuff like that? Or are they just is that the name of the movie? <laughs> it just started with Eleven. Yeah, it okay. started yeah, with Eleven. Yeah, yeah. Because there's that, Eleven people in the crew. But Make now... Sure that. Pretend I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> they Cut did go out. backwards, though, because there was Oceans 11, 12, and 13, and then they did 8, after, like, years later, and that's the all-female one. Well, no, it's just all-female, and there's 8 of them. Okay. So I did some Googling. There's some other parody movies that are are decent. Okay. Like Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. That's Forgot a good that's one. A, that's a fair... I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Edgar Wright, but that is, I guess, technically a parody movie of the zombie genre. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if um, This Is the End is technically a parody movie, but that's a good movie. So there's, they're parodying the whole genres of, like, the end-of-the-world films and apocalypse-type right. stuff. Yeah. So I guess that, that works. Yeah. Forgot about yeah. those. And then... Apparently, Borat is considered a parody movie on this list, and Sasha Baron Cohen's just hilarious. So. Yeah, I think he came up last week. We did Ben and I did mention a little Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, Shaun of the Dead is interesting. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Uh, that might come up when we do fans giving, um, when we let our fans pick oh. some episodes. Because uh, you know who actually wants us to talk about Shaun of the Dead? Maximo. Hey. Yeah, he's requested us to do that one. That's uh, that's the Cinemodities restaurant uh, insurance manager and lawyer, for those who don't know. <laughs> <laughs> those who just tune out in those parts of the episodes when we talk about the litigation we're going through at the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're bringing up, you're bringing up good points. Like, I, I guess they did, you know, there was the, um, I think, you know, Shaun of the Dead was definitely a while ago. This is the End was a while ago as well. There definitely was some attempts at some some parody yeah. films from those troops like you know like the uh like Seth Rogen and his crew and things like that and and even earlier Anchor you know Ferrell. the um oh Anchor, Anchor Will Ferrell those like the SNL yeah, types yeah. of parodies and stuff like that definitely and even you know like the South Park guys even though they do more satire than parody what was that movie they did Base Basketball I think was like a parody of the sports genre and like goon and that type of stuff okay so, yeah, it's kind of, you know, we only had five Mondays this month, and we're doing all parodies from before the year 2000, but we could do a whole other series on the parodies after 2000, and I would not be as happy during that series. <laughs> <laughs> he says only five Mondays. That's the most depressing way I've ever heard that said. Yeah. Because think I'm thinking five Fridays, and I'm excited. He goes to five Mondays, all of a sudden I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I went through five Mondays this month. God. Oh yeah. Okay. So so good. I'm glad I picked your guys' brain on the on the parody genre. Definitely. And um, I guess since you know Lashawn, we had you on already. Just on this general topic, uh, do, are you a fan of parodies and spoofs, Justin? In general, I'm a fan of anything that makes me laugh. <laughs> well, well, I, I would be. I was hoping you were going to say I hate to laugh. That that's what we need I on hate podcasts. Laughs. We need Every someone who I doesn't laugh, like comedy. Anger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a big parody guy, but you know, I like a good comedy. Parodies fall in that that umbrella, 
So. Okay, okay. So, so with uh, w- what are your thoughts? I, I think I already said I, I love this movie. I love how it plays like sketch comedy. I knew you agreed with that. But after seeing it after so long, Justin, um, what did you think? Uh, were you laughing? Did you were you groaning? What were your reactions to uh, "Don't Be a Menace to South Central" while drinking your juice in the hood? I tried to say it too fast. <laughs> yes, the answer to your question is yes. I was definitely laughing, and I was also like, this movie could not come out today. Dude, they <laughs> so many lines that I think Heather was next to me. Like, can they do that? Like, are they allowed to say that shit? Like, I know they're <laughs> black, but are they allowed to do that? <laughs> there was definitely definitely some that I, I got that on. Like, some of them, um, there was one joke in particular that I definitely was, like, laughing at it. And then not feeling bad, but being like, this is not something I think that... I could just, like, tell to other people, be like, oh, you remember that movie? This joke I really liked. It's the the Rodney's Ride, the Rodney King arcade game oh that the cops are God, playing dude. in the precinct. Like, I was yes. laughing hysterically, but I was like, this is uh, straight-up offensive. Because the, all the cops God, are playing yeah. it, and there's even a moment where they show the screen, like, of the video game, and a dude with, like, a camcorder comes up on the screen, and it goes, home video bonus, plus 500 points. And I'm like, this is... <laughs> This is just offensive. Like there is no like way around it. Like this is just making fun of the Rodney King beatings, and that is that is like very offensive. I find, but I was laughing <laughs> <Yeah>. hysterically. <laughs> yeah, I think I was just shocked at that moment. I was like, did they really just just have a Rodney King arcade moment? Jesus Christ! And that does follow up after they get arrested, and we get the voiceover from Ashtray where he's like, "We were arrested for being black on a Friday night." <laughs> We got arrested for being black on a Friday night. It was a misdemeanor, so I thought we'd be out right away. <laughs> and the whole jail scene's hilarious. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, it was it was something. So I, I guess, uh, I don't know when the last time you saw it was, LaShawn, but I know you were, you were familiar with this movie. Uh, upon rewatching it, what did you think? Did you still enjoy it? Like, Remember how I was talking about how Airplane didn't hold up for me that well? What were your th- kind of feelings on that for this movie? So I'd say the first time I watched it, I just thought it was a riot. Like, I was just there for the humor. Um, and, you know, as Justin was saying, it's like, you can't air this now or, like, this movie couldn't come out now. And that's kind of the mentality I was thinking of as I was watching it. And I was like, man, like, things have changed so much. And I was like, they are black and they are saying these things. But then you got the mailman running around being like, message. It hurt me to wake up and see my beautiful black people suffer victimized by the oppressive harsh realities of the hood i guess even though we were free we were still slaves in the mind message yeah and it's like back then nobody was really getting the message that they were trying to convey like all these stereotypes come from some real dark places but like for me i feel like the second time around the humor was just kind of gone and i was like man like a lot of this is just sad like (laughs) I don't I don't feel good about any of this. And uh, but then, you know, like there's some weird jokes that I was like, this is just more cringy than anything. So the humor was there, but it was not as funny as I recall, because I think my intelligence has kind of grown a little bit since Mm. then. Sure. I I think also uh, some of the jokes that worked for me when I was younger that didn't work so much was um, like the the drug related jokes. Like the I think the first time I watched this, like the grandma smoking weed, I was like cracking up and this right, time yeah. i'm just like i'm just like oh i'm like okay like come on like i get it she she's a stoner and but there's that scene where he goes to Lok dog's house and he's like 
the mom's like, can you get me some of that shit over there? And it shows the spice rack, and the spice rack is just all different names and, like, like uh, euphemisms for weed or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, you know, I remember laughing at that, but now I'm just like, I guess we've we've had our fill of that in, in culture with the stoner humor, I guess you'd kind of consider that. Yeah, there was some other good, like the 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 bum who's like, "I suck your dick, man." <laughs> that shit was still funny. That was right. that definitely got me in like a sense of, of like I was I found that as very like confusing humor because the first time he shows up, he's like, "Yo, man, you got some change," and he's like, "No, man, I got these cheeseburgers," and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, what?" I'm like, "Where what does that come cheeseburgers from?" Cheeseburgers for man. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, suck your dick. But this, when they bring him back at the end, and he's like, how do I get to Crenshaw Avenue? And he's like, get out yeah. of here, man. He's like, I'll suck your dick. And then he like comes out from behind the mail truck, and he's like, okay, you want to go down three blocks, take a left. And I'm like, yeah. that's, I'm like that's a pretty clever like f- way to bring that joke back, where he's just sucking dick for directions. <laughs> man, can you look me with directions to Crenshaw, man? Boy, you better get your crusty behind away from me. Man, I'll suck your dick, man. What you say to me? I'll suck your dick, man. Ah, oh, man. All right, so what you want to do, my man? Go to the corner, go about three blocks down, and make a right, and you'll be right there on Check out. All right. Yeah. See, that's a, that's a different caliber of joke that you couldn't make today, not because it's offensive, but because who the fuck asks for directions anymore? Like, right? That's true. <laughs> There, there were also a ton of gay jokes that I didn't remember. Like, I think there were about five gay jokes they threw out there, and I was like, "Oh shit!" They're just throwing out gay humor, the, like the dude toothpick. from the prison. Yeah, yeah, toothpick. Bro, toothpick. That shit had me laughing. He's like, "You ever just you know been in the showers and you <laughs> see the soap drip down a man's ass crack?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm just messing with you." Like, dude, that was funny. That's some good stuff. Yeah, Toothpick was a very interesting character as, you know, great setup uh, for this type of parody where he's like, he spent so long in jail that he can't, like, reacclimate to society. And yeah. he wants to buy into the card game, and they're like, it's five bucks, and he busts out the two cartons of cigarettes. <laughs> and, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's that's a good jail joke. <laughs> yeah. I like what you said, though, LaShawn, about how it's all, like, Actually, really dark and sad places this is all coming from. And I think that's one of the things that surprised me watching it again is I was like, dude, they took some dark shit. And then they're just being like way over the top with it. Like, I don't know. There's the whole approach to me was kind of weird. Yeah. And I I think that was kind of the thing is like now we're able to think a lot differently than we were when we were, you know, these silly little hoonigans running around and doing all sorts of stuff. And you know, like the grandma jokes and grandma smoking weed, like that's hilarious. But now we've seen plenty of grandmas that smoke weed. Like that's not a funny joke. That's a real thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Just a lot of it though. And but when he cracked her in the jaw, that was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> you still hear like see, that, a bitch. That stuff, like stuff that you know they did in like those scary movies. They continued using like the the old people doing things that old people don't normally do. Even the jackass guys kind of played on that in some yeah, of their. Yeah. What what was it? Dirty Grandpa? I think they yeah. Even, there you go. That yeah. was like a sketch in Jackass, and then they eventually made like an entire movie of it. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad that grandpa. Turn out too bad. Yeah, that, I did like bad grandpa. I didn't. I didn't really think about it that way. But you're right. Like I'm looking through the with this this dark humor. Like I'm looking through my notes, and 
I'm like, yeah, definitely. Like a lot of the stuff I wrote down, you know, to to talk about is definitely like it's coming from a very dark place. Like every time there's like the generations are talking to each other where it's like you got Ashtray and his dad at the near the oh, end God. where he's like, you go into the party and he's like, let me tell you about drunk driving. And Ashtray's like, oh, I don't want to hear this. And he goes, grab yourself a 40, get on the freeway, hit 85, turn your lights off, let go of the steering wheel. Man, that shit will bug you out. Where it's like, that's a, that's like a, that's a joke that I think would not fly today just because it's, it's like you have to, you, there's no real, like, grounding for that he's wrong. Like, he actually, like, Ashtray in this movie, the character, looks up to his father and, like, sees him as a role model. And then he, when he gets told stuff like that, and I think earlier they're fishing, and it's like, <laughs> there he's like, he's like, don't, he's like, stay on unemployment, that's great. And it's like, there's no grounding yeah. to be like, this is not, like, a good role model. The movie is telling us that it's a good role model. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I I don't know. Like, thinking back, I don't know who the audience is for this movie. It seems like just a bunch of young and dumb people are the audience. That's a good question. Yeah, who is the audience? I Yeah, I, I would say, like, maybe, you know, like, teens. Like, I see this as, like, kind of, yeah. like, almost teens would would watch this because, you know, it's it's the same thing when, when those stoner comedies from, like, Seth Rogen, like, the Pineapple Expresses came out. I, I those had to be aimed at like aimed at like teens and like college kids and stuff like that, and it, because this movie it makes so much so much fun of like the gotta get out of the hood mentality that you know I, I can't imagine all the critics who loved like the 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 do the right things and the boys in the hood would you know care about this at all because it's it's just making fun of those messages. It's got to be like younger people for sure. Yeah. Even though I'm trying to I don't know I didn't look up what this was rated. It's gotta, it's gotta be, be R. R. Yeah, that's I know. That's what I'm thinking of. Like, it's gotta be R because they they curse so damn much in it. Um, yeah, but dude. then at the same time, if if this gets an R rating, then you know you have these these teenagers that we're thinking of, like you know, not going able to. Well, of course, you know, people can always find a way to make it into Wait, a movie. R. Kelly was a producer. Oh, on some of the music. Yeah, on some oh, of the okay. music. Yeah, I don't think he had. I read that shit out of context. I was like, no way. <laughs> that would have been. I would have brought that up at the start, Justin. <laughs> yeah, this has an R rating, and that that's interesting because that adds even more like question: Who was this for? Because you know, when you have an R rating, that takes a lot of your perceived. If it's a younger audience, out of the question. Because, you know, the ratings do mean something, especially in the 90s. You know, it wasn't just like right. lawless wasteland. So that that's a great question for sure. The The other generational thing that, you know, I it, it probably got the biggest laugh out of me in the movie. And this time and every time I've seen it. But it is another thing that's coming from a dark place is that when Ashtray is talking to uh, Dashiki's son, Durag, and they're like playing video games and he pulls out his gun and Ashtray is like, He's like, having a gun doesn't give you any real power. Do you know where the real power is? And Durag goes, in the bullets! Durag, don't you know that you and I are an endangered species? Why, because we're black males? No! Because all the rappers are taking all the good acting jobs. Listen, Durag, having a gun doesn't give you any power. You want to know where the real power is? In the bullets! No! In the books! <laughs> and I'm just like, it's so funny to me because the timing, awesome. like that whole scene is, is delivered perfectly. But that's like, that is the message of the movies. Because, uh, you know, Ashtray goes on, he's like, no, it's in the books. He's like, your mind is like a gun and you got to put knowledge in there. That's the bullets. But that is, 
what the other movies that this is parodying is actually like making fun of, you know, like all those movies, like do the right thing is the only one I've, I've seen of them and remember a lot of where it's like all about racial tension. It's all about, you know, like gun violence in cities. And so they're just making a joke out of actual lines that could have come from that movie. And it's just, they're setting up the atmosphere that I can laugh at it. Whereas if that exact scene happens in like do the right thing or boys in the hood, I'm going to laugh at it because it's just crazy, but that everybody's going to look down on me for it, because that's not the, the motif <laughs> of that movie. It's not like they're not setting it up to laugh at. But man, that's, yeah. that line gets me every single time I've seen that movie. In the bullets! <laughs> In the bullets. <laughs> so I, I do have to ask you, LaShawn, because I, I didn't know this until recently. Um, there are actually two versions of this movie. There's the R-rated one, and then the other one is the unrated or the director's cut or whatever they call it, called it back in the 90s. Um, in the version of the movie that you watched, was there? did you see the scene where they're playing Ponopoly? They're like playing the, the Monopoly board game where, uh, where it's just, you know, poor, like Ponopoly, poor people they're yeah. building. Okay, okay. So apparently there's a four-minute difference between the two versions. So there's nothing like super super changed, and that's the only thing I could find is truly different between the 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 theatrical and the unrated is that there's this whole scene where they're playing Ponopoly instead of Monopoly, and it, it's not even that funny. It's just like it's th- pretty dumb. Yeah, it's because I think the only joke that really lands in there is that they show the Ponopoly board, and it says it's like on the board it says a game by the Darker Brothers instead of the Parker Brothers. And then the rest of the scene is like, you know, oh, I built this crack house, and it's like, I, I get beat up, the community chest is like, I got beat up by the police and get $6.2 million in the lawsuit, but I have a, a less than a high school education, so my lawyers only give me $2.50. And one, I don't think it really adds much to the movie. It's another kind of, you know, stereotype joke that they're, this, they're throwing into this movie. But two... The thing that I was really concerned by is, like, there's nothing in that scene that would make this the unrated version. Like, usually when you think unrated is when, you know, like, American Pie has more raunchy jokes in it or there's more violence or something. This is just, like, it seems like they cut it out and they just wanted to add it back in at some point. And that's what you said, Justin, that it was pretty dumb. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. I thought it was pretty funny when Loke Dog was, like... I won, and then uh, Crazy Legs is like holding a stack of cash, and Loke Dog's got the gun to his head, and he's like, "All right, I won." Yeah, he, he let's says, go. Like, he, "We're like, done playing," or some shit. Yeah, he commands he wins by holding a gun to other people's heads, which is, I think, like a joke that I I can't think of where, but I've seen that before. I'm sure where it's like, you know, we're not playing this anymore, and it's like I have the I have the violence, so that makes whatever I say go, and that type of stuff. Yeah, for me though, it's also like. Literally anything Loke Dog did in the entire movie I loved. Like, him dancing with the gun and the girl. Like, bro, that, him to me, and I think it's just his lips, but dude, he is amazing. And I have no clue how he did that with his lips, but it was <laughs> next level lip work. That That is the best part about Loke Dog's character, is his facial expressions. Like, just how yes. he can move his whole face and it, it's just actual good visual, like, body comedy and, like, knowing how to move your face. And that, that's, like, a, just a good performance overall. And I did yeah. have that line written down where he, he says to Ashtray, yo, look at her. Like, I bet you I can get her number. You're not getting anybody's number. And he goes over, pulls out the gun. Break yourself. Give me your number. And, 
and then, yeah. And then the movie continues where every time he pulls out a gun, he says, break yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like to the shop clerks, I think like at the end when the drive-by is happening, he's just, break yourself every single time. <laughs> What's hilarious is that, uh, I think that's Marlon Wayans. That yeah, plays local. yeah. Yeah, and um, and what's their what's the TV show they had? Uh, oh, God. the Wayans Brothers. The Wayans Brothers. How did I not know that? <laughs> <laughs> I watched it all my childhood. But um, whenever they like joke about him in in the Wayans Brothers, he kind of always has these auditions, and he auditions as he was playing Loke Dog. Like he's very animated and just like that's his like I think that's who he is naturally. Like I don't think he's even really acting much in those roles. Like he's just insane. In, like, an awesome way. Like, he's just animated. Okay, that okay. Nuts. Yeah, I've only... I haven't seen him in too much, um, you know, but the the thing that comes to mind is his characters in Scary Movie and Scary Movie 2. Like, they're almost identical to Lokdog with the... with, like, the hairdo and the facial expressions. And, and okay, I could see that. That's just him. He's, like, he's got his shtick and he knows to own it. <laughs> yeah. And then you were talking about unrated movies and there's not really a... there's supposed to be more... I don't know if you guys have seen Sex Drive. It's also a parody of the whole, like, teenage boy falls in love and he has to do some crazy voyage to go find his, like, internet lover is or that whatever. The, is that the donut costume one? Yeah, that's okay, the donut I, I haven't seen that in so long, but I know of it, yeah. <laughs> and in the unrated version, they just have naked men and women running around, like, every ten minutes or so. Like, you know, it'll... It'll be like boobs across the street or the screen, or then it'll be like a dick, and it'll be like you guys wanted the unrated version, so we're gonna give you guys all the nudity, and that's probably one of the best unrated version of any movies I've ever seen. I like that they idea. Were dicks or no, I, I like that idea of just like throwing in nudity for this for like no other reason than just nudity to make it like you couldn't get away with this in an R because there's so much nudity you need to make it NC seventeen. So when it gets unrated, and unrated just means that. The, they didn't send it to the MPAA. Like, that's what unrated means. So it's like, if, yeah. if the three of us made a movie, like, if we just, like, shot a video for, like, 30 minutes in the woods and had nothing in it and then released it, we would be able to call it unrated because we never sent it to the MPAA. <laughs> and no, Justin, not for the dicks. I liked it for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, li- I, I think that more, like, comedies should definitely do that. I know there's, like, unrated versions of, like, Anchorman and and those, like, SNL, Will Ferrell, Seth Rogen stuff, but I, never, I don't think I've ever seen any of them, where I'm sure they just have, like, more raunchy jokes that, you know, like, what was that movie where they, the interview, about, like, about, like Kim Jong-un, where, like, oh, Seth Rogen and James so Franco, good. I think that there's, like, an unrated version where it's, like, just at the beginning of the movie, there's just more sex jokes between, like, the two of them when they're talking, and they just had to cut some of it out because the MPAA said no for whatever reason. So so speaking of Loke Dog as well, I definitely was writing down all the things I saw in his hair in this movie because it, oh. it changes in a lot of scenes. And yes. so the ones I found was uh, a tea bag, a pacifier, a stretched out spring, a condom, a joint, and dice. Those are the six that I picked up on. I'm sure there's even more. There's one shot where you can see, like, his hair – and you can clearly see that there's, like, a condom on it, like an unrolled condom. Yeah. And then in the same scene, like, it'll cut away from him and cut back to him. And you can tell that it must have been, like, different takes or something because the condom is in different places. And there's one shot in particular where it looks like 
it's not even like on his the end of his hair. It's just like sitting on top of his hair, and it looks like a little hat. It's very, it's very interesting. Some of the choices they made and like where to put these things in his hair. But I, I loved it. <laughs> oh yeah, he was a he was a great character. Probably my favorite character. You know, over well, Ashtray is kind of like just the straight man and like the the guy you're supposed to relate to. You know, the audience surrogate. Um, yeah, I, I think like some of the other characters were underdeveloped. Like uh, Crazy Legs was just in there for jokes. You know. Where yeah. he he's just he, he has this like shining moment where he gets uh, hit by the car in the drive by or whatever, and then he's in the hospital and he's like, the doctor told me I'm never gonna walk again, and they all get sad and then they realize he's like, yeah. you've been paralyzed for five years, crazy legs, <laughs> and it's like it's like I could just like that's the one of the only reasons he was in that in the movie was to get to that joke. He had like nothing else to do, um, but I I do have to say I I liked preach as like the parody of you know the um the righteous oh, brother from all those movies and and just you know him that i the scene gets me like the great subversion joke of where he's just going off when they get to that party and he's like he's like uh what he's like the mother of mecca is standing in front of me and they start showing that like the black woman in front of him and he's like and then he goes excuse me my nubian princess can you like or my dark my dark brown skin princess could you tap that white girl for me and then they just got like the craziest looking white girl ever to appear in this movie. <laughs> like, oh. Bro, and he calls her my milk of magnesium. Magnesia. <laughs> yes, yes. And then she's like carrying a banjo and at the end of the movie it's revealed she lives in like a trailer just in the street type of thing. Like not in a trailer park or anything, just in the street. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I, I dug him for sure. And uh, I think that, you know, that's... That's comedy that's definitely been played a lot more. I'm sure it existed before this, but this was the kind of the first introduction with it where, you know, what's that line where Crazy Crazy Legs says to Preach where he's like, you know, why do you always go after white women when all you talk bad about the man and stuff like that? And he's like, I'm just trying to do what the white man has been doing to black people for the last 400 years. Fuck them. Woo! Now that there is something special. Let me talk all that noise about white men and then go date white women, fool. No, you see, I'm just trying to do the white girls what the white man's been doing to us for 400 years. Yeah, what's that? Fuck him. Amy Joe! <laughs> and it's like, I, that's something that I've just, I feel like you've seen in comedy like ever since this movie, you know? It's like that whole idea, whether it be in like a Key and Peele type of thing and or, you know, other, other like uh, racially driven comedies. And, you know, someone had to do it first, and it could have been the Wayans. All right, so so I had some some scenes I liked. What else do we want to point out about this movie? Anybody got uh, some other jokes that they, they enjoyed, or scenes in particular? When, <laughs> I like that scene where he gets a haircut from his dad, and he's like, <laughs> uh, he's like, so uh, you've been, what did he ask him? He's like, are you a virgin? And he's like, oh, there was this one time, you know, this dude rubbed up on my butt or something like that. Yeah. But I didn't like it. <laughs> you still a virgin? course well there's this one dude who rubbed up against my butt one time but i ain't like it hey man i'm talking about girls man oh girls come on pops now you know i be getting mine mm. and the dad's all confused and he's like no i mean like women and he's like oh yeah. oh yeah 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 I've, I've been with women and you know i'm getting mine that the whole <laughs> intro of the dad is great because i love the fact that his house has well, one, you know, they play on the fact that he's like, my dad's only a few years older than me. And, you know, he looks incredibly younger than uh, <laughs> than Ashtray. And then his whole house, is the furniture is covered with plastic. 
But when they go into the kitchen for the haircut, the paintings on the wall and the stove are also covered with plastic. Oh, man. And it I doesn't mean... even look like there's holes in the stove and, like, the plastic on the stove for the burners. It looks like there's just a solid sheet of plastic over the stove. Like, that would melt and smell so bad if you used that stove. <laughs> that was a 90s thing, man. Oh, Plastic yeah. everywhere. <laughs> I, knew, I knew some people with that, and it was always the weirdest thing to me to, like, just have your, your furniture covered in plastic. And it's like, I mean, I get it. You don't want to spill, but uh, I can't remember ever being comfortable on plastic-wrapped furniture. <laughs> I you should see my family, dude. Did you have plastic? Not so much in my house, but some of my family definitely oh, okay. had plastic on their shit. Okay. It's like my skin, like, on hot days sticks to, like, regular couches in general. Like, I remember being young and, like, having my legs stick to plastic and I was, like, getting – it felt like it was, like, tearing the layer of skin off. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we had a whole room you couldn't go in in my house growing up. <laughs> Legit. You could not go in this room. It was the fucking biggest room in the house and it was it was off off grounds off limits i was like that. that's that's for show I was like, what the fuck for show no one's here no one gives a shit let me go roll around on the ground or some shit you know what i'm saying i can't go in the i can't go in that room you can only walk through there to get to your room just it's like I, I just wanted to roll around on the ground. That's why I, I roll around now. And in, in my adult years, I couldn't when I was younger. <laughs> I was deprived. <laughs> I was looking back at my list of all the things I found funny, and I was like, man, like th- those dark things really like took away from those jokes for me because I was like, man, his his dad is hilarious, but it's like you have all these generations of fathers trying to like teach their kids how to be fathers when they don't know how to be fathers because they are young. And I'm like, man, this isn't funny. This is sad. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know what to think of this movie. <laughs> I think even like the, with the whole parent idea with, you know, the, the father's in this movie, but then the, the movie even like says it directly at the beginning when Ashtray is in the car with his mom, when Vivica A. Fox shows up for two seconds where yeah. she's like, you got to go live with your dad. You got to like learn how to be a man. And he's about to leave and goes, am I going to see you again? And she looks directly at the camera and goes, sorry, you know, there ain't no positive black females in this movie. And right. then it's, and then there yeah. legitimately isn't like, there's like we, the only females we have are like, you know, dashiki. We get grandma who's just smoking weed and, and knows how to like pop and lock or whatever she says or, or stab and swerve or something like that. And then what? There's one scene with like Loke Dog's mom and she's just screaming constantly. That's true. Yeah, this yeah, movie like, comes from a very dark place. Yeah. You know, like there's movies about the hood that are funny, but not like in a weird way like this one. You know, there's like Friday. Yeah. Which I think is funny as hell. I mean, granted, I haven't seen it since I probably saw this one. So maybe if I watched it again. But, you know, Friday's funny in, in a very different way. This is like, we're going to take all the sad realities and then just make, like, weird-ass jokes about them for an hour and a half. Yeah, you're right, because Friday doesn't touch on a lot of this real stuff. Like, they, it's there, but they don't focus on it. And you, they have more of a story, so that's kind of just side stuff. Yeah. That's is, that's uh, interesting because back in May, I think it was, um, we did an episode on a movie called Thriller, which is like teenagers. It, it's basically the, the movie Prom Night, 
where there's like a slasher loose on prom night and it's like killing all the people, but it's prom night in Compton. So it's like at, at Compton High School. And the movie is very serious, but I found it hilarious because it's so cliche. Like every five minutes, somebody's like, oh, I got to get out of the hood before it crushes me. And it's very like over the top and cliche. And now I just kind of think I'm a weird and terrible person because I'm laughing at this movie for having dark jokes about the hood and that lifestyle. And then I'm even laughing at, like, a more recent movie about the hood and its lifestyle. <laughs> you are just a weird and terrible person, though. I think that's the, just the thesis of this podcast ever since it started. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know it's all lighthearted in a sense. Like, we all have to acknowledge what's going on in the world. We all have to acknowledge that certain things, you know – they, we laugh at them because they're uncomfortable or whatever. Like, we've talked about that, Robin. Yeah. You know, it's even when, like, um, what's the guy in the wheelchair? Oh, uh, crazy, crazy legs. legs. Crazy legs. When they're beating up the one dude and he's all like, make him cripple like me. And it's like, <laughs> if someone else said that, like, it would not be funny at all. But because Crazy Legs says it, it's hilarious. And, like, I remember laughing and I'm like, oh, damn, he is cripple. That's not funny. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, but that, and that's just the theme of like violence begets violence, straight up. You know, instead of him being like, "Oh, I, I don't want other people to get their ass kicked," like we should put an end to the violence. You know, it's like the real thing of people are like, "Yo, well, I'm fucked up. I want to go fuck other people up." Yeah, yeah. The, this is this is really uh, this is not what I was expecting from this conversation. But now, like, I feel like my whole notes are just gonna have to get like a big red X through them because. <laughs> Because like, like oh, yeah, because like all of these things that I'm laughing at, like even one of my favorite jokes is that at the start of the movie when um when they're like they have like the the kids talking into the camera explaining like life in the hood and like one will start talking get shot the one who shot him will start talking yeah. but then and when the last one gets shot like on his 21st birthday and the guy's singing like happy birthday homie he gets shot and then the woman comes out and she's screaming she's like my baby they took my baby from me and then he's like it's not your baby and she goes oh and walks away like i find that hilarious but that joke only exists because there was so many like news media like interviewing people going like why'd they take my baby from me like the reality is that that happened so much People saw it on the news so much that they were able to recognize it and make a joke about it. So everything is coming from the sad reality and state of the world, even back in the 90s, which sucks. <laughs> Maybe that was the audience was to, you know, like how you got like rap making its way into like a global thing. And then like this was their way of being like, hey, you know, people seem to like these hood type movies. Let's also remind them that these are real issues, not just on screen issues. And maybe that's why they kind of went that direction with just over the top hit you in the face with it. Oh, I that's an interesting thought because, you know, that could definitely that's a a bold move from a comedy movie. You know, of course, you know, comedy should challenge you, like we were saying. And, you know, maybe they that's what they were going for. And then it didn't land so well. You know, like I was saying, this movie didn't get great reviews. People like Roger Ebert felt like, you know, a little bad laughing at this movie, which now you guys have made me as well, or this discussion has, <laughs> not you in particular. But but at the same time, you know, I think that's interesting in the light of, well, they go on to do, like, your scary movies, which are focusing on a very different genre, one that is, isn't based in, you know, the sad reality of the world. It's just making fun of slasher movies. Man, yeah, can you... Cause... I would hate to have paid for this and like felt bad leaving the theater. I'd be like, man, like I need to go do something. I need to go, you know, go 
be a big brother, big sister, or whatever to somebody or something. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I agree with you there. Where it's like if you're sold a comedy and you think you're gonna go see something, you know, that's funny, and then you feel like you actually got a message from it, where you you definitely feel a little message. like uh, upset. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the mailman, uh, Keenan Wayans, screaming message oh. all the time. Except I didn't I like did when he's the baby. Like, the baby one did not fit, where he's just, like, in the crib with his head poking through the costume, and he's like, message! And I'm like, okay, no, oh, we didn't. Yeah. We took that a little too far. He should just stay the mailman. <laughs> and then when he drops the title of the movie, the, the mailman's like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was good, yeah. You just be careful. Come on now, baby. You talking a low dog. <laughs> you know I'm going to be all right. <laughs> Shoot. I tried. Never forget, man. But they don't know. Don't show. Just don't care about being a menace to South Central while they drink their juice in the hood. That's what it's all about, Trey. the fuck is he talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, that that whole thing. I mean, also, kind of, you know, not just the reality of the world uh, or the sad state of, of, you know, these plights, but even, you know, we get the jokes of, like, the one that uh, comes to mind is when um, the, the white dude robs the convenience store, but the, the Asian people don't notice because they're just yelling at, you know, Ashtray and Loke Dog. And hurry then, up and buy something. Yeah, hurry up and buy. Yep, yeah, that was. She's in the freezer at one point. Like that's one of those jokes I laugh at. And I'm like, that was that was pretty dumb. I don't know why I'm laughing at that. But but like the whole thing where you know we get the man where they see him and he like shoots somebody and then they go and it's like it's the man and you see the white dude and he has the list. And the people on his list are like Loke Dog, but also it's got what OJ on there, Tupac, Mike Tyson, Michael Jackson is on there, yeah. and it's like they're really just putting at you know that that whole idea of even even later with the shooter at the college where he has like the, on his list there's the names of people from like other movies like Radio Raheem is on his list and like Radio Raheem dies in the climax of Do the Right Thing and I think like the other two names on there are from movies that they're parodying. And it's like, even that is like, you know, I think the one joke that has still lasted today, like people still make OJ jokes, I think, you know, especially <laughs> since um, Cuba Gooding Jr. did that whole bio uh, docudrama or whatever it's called, where people were like, you know, yeah, you know, we, we can still joke about OJ. And I think, though, it's different where I think today, like everybody's just like, yeah, we know OJ did it. We're just going to make fun of the justice system. Where before it was kind of like, you know, the joke was the man setting up OJ, if that makes any sense. Not that I, I was barely, I think all of us were barely alive, you know, what, four to five right. years old when the OJ trial happened, something like that. <laughs> I do, I do love, speaking of the OJ joke, where the man, he like goes to leave, that white dude, and he goes, oh, wait, takes off the one glove, throws it on the ground of the crime scene, and then he leaves. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, that, like, that is a clever, like, knowledge of the OJ case joke with the one glove type of thing. <laughs> Yeah, you need the most base level of knowledge of the OJ trial to to drop the glove, but still. Lashawn, did you see that? Uh, the what was it called? The American People versus OJ Simpson with Cuba Gooding Jr. Did you ever watch that? No, I've I've, I've been ignoring that stuff. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, Justin. You turned me on to it, and then I watched it. I was like, it was enjoyable. Like John Travolta was good in it. And then I remember there was a period of, of Justin and I hanging out where I was, I was just like, they left so much shit 
about the actual case out of that that I was bothered. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check it out now. It was a, it was a good a performance. Lot. I know a lot about the trial, though. You'll probably have a similar opinion to Rob. There is a great scene at the end of it, which which apparently like happened in real life, is because OJ gets acquitted, and then he has like a big party at his estate or something, and he he gets up and like you know clinks his glass and he gives a speech at the party, and at the end of the speech he says, "I'm now gonna put my resources to finding the real killer," and everybody at the party's like, like like you know, <laughs> <Too soon>. <laughs> <laughs> and because like nobody believed him, and apparently that actually happened where OJ was like, "I'm gonna find the real killer," and everybody was like. Maybe you should just lay low for a little bit after this, you know? And then he's like, nope, I'm going to steal sports memorabilia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, the o- OJ is an in- interesting story for sure. Um, and, you know, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think we have to talk about OJ too much. <laughs> well, I just think it's interesting the choices that they put on the list for the man, you know? Like Tupac. Nobody thinks the nobody has ever thought that was the man who killed Tupac. Right. Am I mistaken there? Yeah, that was right? always that was, um, everyone's always like gang violence. Yeah, East Coast shit. versus yeah. West Coast stuff, right? Yeah. And Michael Jackson, I I can totally see because <laughs> media like you know crucified Michael Jackson. And then OJ. I, the only other sense. one is uh, Mike Tyson, where, I, but I don't, I don't know too much about the Mike Tyson thing. I, I'm assuming it what goes is the to Mike Tyson thing. He is a convicted rapist. Guys if I'm not off? wrong. Oh, oh. I think shit. he was definitely convicted of rape back in the day, which people seem to have forgotten about. But I think that goes to a whole different conversation of being famous and you know getting in trouble for things and how we sometimes choose to ignore it and sometimes we don't. You know, like. Like, you know, Kevin Spacey. Like, Kevin Spacey got canceled to death. Like, Kevin Spacey will probably yeah. never work again. But there's other people in Hollywood that have done, like, terrible things, but they still pop up, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's – this is this is just like our oh, airplane oh. episode, LaShawn, when R. Kelly came up. This is oh, what we yeah. like on Cinemodities. We start talking about a comedy movie, and then we just start talking about, like, the plight of the world and how shitty everything is. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess back to a lighter thing. When you mentioned the uh, the dad, LaShawn, the, the haircut scene, when what Ashtray says to him, he's like, yo, Pop, can you square me up in the back? And immediately he's like, it's going to cost you $13. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, his man got down the block only charged me 8 And he goes, well, go let him fuck your shit up. <laughs> that, yeah, that was great. Absolutely. I, I just wish someone actually kicked him in the movie. They set that up so perfectly for him to just get randomly kicked. Out of context, just just kicked with no explanation, you know? Like, they didn't even have to follow up. All they had to do is have someone kick him, and he gets confused, and then they keep going with the scene. And it would have been great. <laughs> Nobody kicks him, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could see where I – I think I see both sides of it, where, you know, maybe they weren't going for the, the, the lowest possible thing. But uh, – I guess at the same time they did do some some low type of humor, you know, like. Uh, but I think Bro, it's, it's he not kick me in his head. That's the lowest possible thing. I know, but then like going going <laughs> for the actual payoff, it seems a little low. But I I don't know. They some of the other stuff was like a little like uh, I think uh, another stoner humor. It's where they're at the party at the end and uh, they're like, "Yo, you got that chronic?" And he busts out the stuff and he's like, "This stuff will knock you out. It's real good." And the dude smokes it and then he dies, and they're all like, "Oh, he's dead." And you're just waiting for them to go, yo, pass me that shit. It's like, I want to be dead, yeah. too. It's like, I, so, yeah, they do some, some low stuff for sure. 
But you're right, I hear you, with the kick me in the back of the head, absolutely. So I, I do want to talk about um, just uh, Dashiki in general as our love interest, I guess. Like, she's <laughs> not pregnant. really... She's not really, like, a full character, but that's, like, that's what they're making fun of, I think. But, yeah, like, the, you know, uh, they have sex. <laughs> Ashtray <laughs> rolls over and sucks his thumb, and she's like, Ashtray, I'm pregnant. And he's like, already? <laughs> How do you know? I've had seven kids. But I, I think, like, that that scene gets me where he's like, ah, oh, he's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to be a father. And she goes, you man enough to come up in me but not take care of what comes out, get my nails done, get my hair done, pay my rent, and buy me a new car? And I'm just like, oh, God, that is that is very funny. <laughs> I need to tell you something. What's up? I'm pregnant. Already? Are you sure? I got seven kids. I think I know what I'm talking about. Dashiki, I'm not ready to be no father right now. Oh, so you man enough to come up in me, but you ain't man enough to take care of what comes out, get my nails done, get my hair done, pay my rent, and get me a new car? You know what? You ain't nothing but a little boy. (laughs) They also make a great uh, meta joke where at the beginning when he meets Dashiki and Ashtray says to Lokdog, like, who is that? And he's like, oh, that's Dashiki. Like, she got seven kids. She got more kids than Mrs. Wayans. Stay away from that. Everybody in the hood's been up in her. Shoot. She got more kids than Miss Wayans. Damn. Yeah. And I love that they're just referencing the fact that they come from a family, the Wayans family, with so many kids. But I'm pretty sure that there's ten kids, like I said earlier. So Dashiki does not have more kids than Mrs. Wayans. But it's still a good joke. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we had to get to it. The uh, the food, the sexy food foreplay scene. We can't oh, no. we can't avoid it. It's disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> Bro, she poured so much Kool Aid on him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's Kool Aid, hot dog, melted cheese, and oh, hot the melted sauce, right? cheese. That was funny. So so this is parodying you something. Put hot sauce on her fungus feet, bro. Oh god. oh god! Like I said earlier, that made me physically ill. That was very difficult <laughs> to watch. And so that was on, hard to watch. I wanted to ask you about that in particular because when we talked about War and the Roses, we had the uh, the gravy on the feet scene under the dinner table. Remember Danny DeVito? Oh yeah. It, so Justin, because I know Justin hasn't seen this movie, there was a scene at a dinner party where Danny DeVito and his girlfriend are sitting across from each other. And it's a clear glass table, so everybody at the at the table can see what's going on oh, underneath it. And the girlfriend starts putting her foot in Danny DeVito's crotch, and he takes gravy from the, his plate and starts rubbing <laughs> her feet with the gravy. <laughs> and that was, like, that, when LaShawn and I talked about it, we were like, we weren't grossed out. I think I was, like, a little grossed out. But overall, it's not cringy. It's, like, adding to the scene how Danny DeVito just doesn't give a fuck of what, what's going on at that <laughs> dinner party. Is and it a comedy? Is he serious in this moment? Like He is pretty serious. That's a very dark comedy, like a black comedy yeah. type of thing. But that moment is played for some laughs because <laughs> because the uh, the wife is even looking at them, like sitting right next to him. He's like, I'm trying to tell this story and you're just rubbing your, your girlfriend's feet. But I remember we didn't have as many issues with that. So is the difference, LaShawn, the foot in the mouth? Because that's, that's, we get food on feet in both cases – but only in this movie is he going to town on those toes. Is that the difference? That's the biggest difference. Yeah, I can't do feet and mouth. That's that's just a yeah. That's where <laughs> you I never got your toes sucked, bro. Nope, never once. Never will I ever. Dude, you're missing out. 
I doubt that. <laughs> you got to get some hot sauce on there. <laughs> You'll have to live for the both of us on that one. <laughs> I got you covered, bro. Oh man, that I I definitely think that is the difference in those two scenes, and and also it's like the the main focus of this scene, and they also set it up as when he takes her socks off, that those feet are disgusting, or those toes at least. That's what got me, bro. He put hot sauce. He was like, wait, I have to lick these? He was grossed out, so he put hot sauce on it to make it taste better. That, to me, was just... Dude, it was too much. It was too much. He was like, this is so so nasty, I need hot sauce. Yeah. Because that's what you do with food. You're like, oh, this breakfast food isn't very good. Throw some hot sauce on it, you know, and throw some Frank's whatever, and you're good. And then, and then he started going... <laughs> With yeah, the hair, yeah. Oh god, that they just they just were going for like full on, you know, like gross out humor there, and it worked. It it a hundred percent worked on me. I was not having it. <laughs> yeah, it was almost as gross as the strong hand in the turkey in the scary oh. movie. Mm, those are delicious. Oh, thank you, my child. I made them by hand. <laughs> okay, here we go. I think the. Taters are just about done. I'm just gonna give them one quick whisk here. <laughs> yeah, this is the early version of that. Yeah, and he's 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 got to stir up the the gravy and stuff and all. The, oh yeah, you're right. I was I've repressed that as well because I've had no issue with that dude when you know, especially when what one character's out out the window, hanging out of the window in Scary Movie Two, and he's like, "Take my strong hand, grab like, my no. strong hand." And I see I had no problem with that. When the hand goes in the food, I'm like I don't like it. So I definitely it's like mixing weird parts of the body with food definitely seems to to weird me out for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know where I've seen it, but I've never had it done to me. Um I'm trying to think of like where I've heard of it, but when when she's melting the cheese and dripping it on him, that is a parody of Hot wax. wax. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so where where have you – I was trying to remember where I had become, like, known or I gained the knowledge that sometimes in, like, a sexual way, people will melt hot candle wax on each other. Do you know where that's from, just or where you learned about uh, it? I, I think any response that comes out of my mouth I'm about to get in trouble for, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go on mute for this one. See, I, I don't like, – it's like one of those things that I apparently just have knowledge of. And I'm very concerned as to why I have that knowledge. Because, like I said, it's never been offered to me. I've never done it. But I don't think I'd want <laughs> to do it either. Like, I don't want to be burned. Well, I, I don't but think it would, would like, you? burn you. Would you? I don't think so. Right, you know, some hotties on you, like, really into it, trying to get get the wax going. <laughs> Bro, you, you get to say no? What it, come on. Well, I think I think my issue is more on <laughs> – it's not that I don't mind a little pain in a sexual way. It's that I don't want to have to clean anything up. That's more of my problem. Like, I don't want to have always have to clean something up, though. Come on. Yeah, but, like, this is adding an extra layer of stuff I wouldn't necessarily have to clean up. Like, wax is hard to clean up, too. Like, if that shit dries, that's going to hurt my skin. It's a good memory. (laughs) I don't know. What do do you think, LaShawn? Do you have any knowledge of wax in foreplay? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, no. There was one time, though, where. I guess there's these massage candles they sell, and as the candles melt, you can actually use the hot wax as it becomes, like, massage oil. Oh. And so, initially, when it gets poured on your back, which I experienced, like, three times, 
thinking it would get better each time. It was horrible because <laughs> it was really hot, but it was not enough to technically burn your skin. Yeah. It felt horrible, though, but it was after that, it was nice. It was good massage oil. Okay, yeah, once it cools, once you, yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the heat seems strange, for sure. Oh, right on, right on. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, send us an email, cinemodities at gmail.com. <laughs> Do you like uh, do you like hot wax as foreplay, Barry? We haven't talked to Barry in a while. He's he's talked to us about sex things before. Let us know what uh, Barry and Mrs. Barry are doing in the bedroom. Use hot wax. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh man! So also in that scene with Dashiki when they they finish the foreplay and they're having sex, great raunchy joke where. Uh, she's riding him, and she goes, talk dirty to me, and he immediately goes, I'm coming! I'm coming! <laughs> <laughs> like, that's one of those, like, raunchy humor I don't usually go for, but that's just, like, perfectly timed and everything. I got I got no problem with that whole scene after the food stuff. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, they just went so fast. They took forever with the foreplay, and then it was just shotgun. Like, they're boning, he jizzes, immediately goes to sleep, and she's pregnant. It was just bam, 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 bam. And I love that it comes back later because um, th- this will come back when we talk about our snacks in the restaurant. But they go to, like, a restaurant slash auto mechanic after they have sex. And he's talking to Loke Dog, and he's like, man, Dashiki's yep. pregnant. And I love the background gag of, like, the dude who's serving them food. He hears this, and he's like, uh-oh. And then she, and then it's, like, <laughs> revealed that it's definitely his kid because she said she hasn't had sex with anybody but Ashtray in the last <laughs> 20 minutes. And the dude is like, whoo! <laughs> and then he gives him his food, and he's like, here's your food, sucker. I mean, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that that whole kind of that. See, those are the jokes I like where they're like servicing the story, even though the story's loose. It's about like that him getting her pregnant type of thing, and and I I think all that worked. I liked the restaurant with the mechanic idea. That was just ridiculous. Marlon Wayne's being a crash dummy. That was <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, when he his job interview. Yep, and he he becomes the crash. Don't I need a seatbelt? Where's the seatbelt? You don't need one. <laughs> yeah. And then there was the uh, the Black to the Future billboard. Yep, yep. Bla- I think it was Black ridiculous. to the Future Part 5, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was like Part 5 or 6. <laughs> yep, yep. So <laughs> speaking of movies that they're parroting that aren't, you know, the Hood films, so we get that in the background. There's a very, like, there's a scene that's a parody. It's a quick scene. But when um, at some point in the hood, it, like it's an sh- establishing shot of their whole neighborhood, and it cuts like over. I think they're driving away, Ashtray and Loke Dog. But then it like pans over to not a street, but like an alleyway or something, and it's the four little kids. And one of the little kids is like, "Do you want to see a dead body?" And then they go and they see like Elvis's dead body. Like I don't understand the joke, but that is a direct reference to Stand by Me, which is like not a hood movie in the slightest. You know, it's the uh, based off the Stephen King book, and I'm just like I totally forgot that they parodied like you know Stand by Me. But I that joke made no sense to me at all when they they find Elvis's dead body or like no. if it was supposed to be Elvis or an Elvis impersonator, I don't even know because I think Elvis died like years before this movie came out or was even written. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get yeah. that either. Yeah, that yeah. It that. was so it was so random. It was like, did you know that people die in the hood? <laughs> that was the only thing I thought they could have been going for with that. Okay, okay. I think, but like Elvis did not die in the hood. I think Elvis died in like his 
fancy giant mansion from doing all his drugs all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody somebody let us know if they understand that <laughs> joke. <laughs> Any other scenes, Justin, that you uh you were into or or any uh, jokes, concepts, things like that? Yeah, there's when the chick got freaky. They go to the well, oh. I had like to talk about the mail truck, okay. which I thought was just just a great vehicle and there was like graffiti on it at one point and then sorry i've got a dog going crazy right now <laughs> okay i was i was like who who what whose background noise are we hearing <laughs> yeah that's definitely mine Come here, noise okay machine. the the noise is getting removed did heather hey, call it a noise machine? later noise she did that's what that's what every animal is a noise machine <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so the mail truck had the steering wheel on the driver's side, apparently, when in real life it's on the wrong side. Oh, uh, that's right. I didn't pick up on that yet. Well, I guess for it, was, it wasn't, it was you know, for anybody that's uh, never seen this movie here, hasn't remembered, it's not a mail, like, single truck. It's like a mail package delivery truck. So I don't I don't know if there's a difference like the mail vans if they're if they would ever like deliver mail like to mailboxes which is why it's on the the other side in mail trucks. That's why, yeah. And so I don't know if like a, yeah. if a van would deliver like that, but I didn't notice that. I guess I wasn't. Okay. But that that's crazy. I've definitely seen like other movies where cars will just ba- like basically be in the background, and I'll be like, why is the steering wheel on the wrong side? It's because they like imported a car for a movie, and so I just didn't yeah. notice it this time. <laughs> Yeah, you can. A lot of people love buying those old mail vans for that reason because they're uh, uh, what a technically left hand drive. Sure, is it right hand? I yeah. Remember, didn't I say that the I asked you, Lashawn, the last time? Can we call it the wrong side? (laughs) Yeah, so they're technically right hand drive. Yeah, and so um, yeah, they 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 sell for a pretty penny because it's a cool thing. Like, or you could buy like old Jeep. Um, the the mail company in rural areas used to use old Jeeps. Ooh. to deliver mail and so you could get right hand drive jeep in the u.s which you never really could and so that's the only time you can get them for the postal service that would mess but, me up if i tried to drive one of those <laughs> i think are they are they stick shift too yeah they're badass hot damn holy shit i don't think i could shift with my left hand <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, i could do it so what I'm, what i'm gathering is the three of us have to go in on an old mail truck and then put like hydraulics in it so it bounces around like Granny's car in this movie. That that's what I'm hearing from everybody. We're all in agreement. And make okay. the cars fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. So I, I guess I did want to ask you about that. Um, not to cut you off. We'll get back to the mail truck. And I do want to talk about that possession scene, Justin. You're right on that one. I forgot about that one. Lashawn, have you ever done a video on one of those cars with the? It's hydraulics, right? That's what they're called. Hydraulics, yep. Yeah, have you ever done a video on one of those cars? No, never. <laughs> okay, do you want to, or do you stay away from those things? I want to just even have the chance to ride in one once, just to feel what that's like. Okay, I know I probably hate it just because of the way my back set up, <laughs> but you know, I just wanted to say I've done it. <laughs> yeah, I've never been in one, but I've always been like, I don't think I would like it, just for the fact of you know. I, I don't want my car ride to be bumpy, I guess. <laughs> what about you, Justin? You ever been in one? No, but I'd be down to ride in one. Okay, we got we to gotta go in for a mail truck, the three of us, and, and set it up on hydraulics. That's going to be our <laughs> Cinemodities project. <laughs> Put, like, Cinemodities uh, advertisements on the side and everything. 
<laughs> that will be the okay. I know we're not to snacks yet, but I, I'm sold on this car that we we buy, this mail truck that we buy and set up. This will be like the official Cinemodities delivery car. Like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get people's food in the back, and then the whole way to, to delivering it, we're gonna have the hydraulics going, so the food is just wrecked by the time it gets to some person's place. You're gonna start <laughs> doing delivery with the restaurant. Uh, yes. Now that I love that idea. That I, I think that's perfect. It, but it has to ruin their food. That's the thing. Like, we can't deliver food that will make it there in one piece. It has to be ruined by the hydraulics. <laughs> like sodas and beer? Definitely. Definitely. So, so yeah, Justin, I totally – I don't know what that's parodying, if it's parodying anything. I don't know of a Hood movie that has, like, they have a mail truck or any type of truck like that. But I, I approve of it as well. It seems like it's just in service to one – make the joke where they have the missile in the back of it and two to yep. put so they have a way to trans transport crazy legs because they show them like putting his wheelchair in the back of the truck and i think at like one or two points well it was it was actually so good in every scene it was in because there was graffiti on the back of it in one scene and then there wasn't graffiti on it and then they had a an actual missile in the back of it yep which was a great scene but then they get arrested for just being black, you know? Like, they don't even get arrested because they were literally just flashing a missile at a gas station. Yeah. Which is very... I think that was pretty intentional. And then, yeah, the Crazy Legs was... That was a good scene. Um, but, yeah, like we said, it wasn't anything crazy. Although I did like the emergency room idea. Oh. Not from, like, a comedy standpoint, but just, again, pointing out how fucked up emergency rooms are. Yeah, I've definitely seen that in other comedies. I don't know where they relate to in this, but, you know, I think that that today has become something like a trope. But this this might have been maybe not the first, but an early one to do it, where they're panning through the emergency room waiting room, and one of the people is a skeleton. And, yeah, and the dude's on fire. Yep, yep, and it's uh, it's stuff where, what, the, uh, the, the nurse is on the phone, like, talking about nothing. And, and that well, type of and stuff. And then she pulled a glass. She pulled one of those little water things out of her cleavage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> He's like, I'm thirsty. You got any water? She just keeps taking shit out of her cleavage. And then she pulls that out. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, nice nice little touch. But so so that the, then, the getting freaky scene for sure. Yeah, then there's the, the girl who gets freaky, which is just – Another example of how every woman in the movie was just – there's nothing respectable about them. <laughs> I don't know. Is it her fault that know. she's possessed by a demon? That's how I took no, it. It was like, like possession. They intentionally make them so – I don't know how to, how to say this. It's 2020, <laughs> Justin. You can't slut shame. You can't kink shame. You can't demon shame. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like they were intentionally making every woman just like ugly. And or nerdy and or nerdy, you know, and so like the the white girl with the milk of magnesia, sure, right there, like who's like the the ugliest white girl we could come up with? No, they like like we said before, you know, they have that line where there's no positive black females in these movies because you're right, like all of the women, like you get the one of the party that holds the gun to Luck Doug's head, you got a. Uh... You got the one who's just drinking like crazy at that party, the one who's possessed by a demon, the nurse. So, no, you're, you're definitely on to something there. Yeah, but, like, with the dudes, you know, they're not positive dudes, but they make you laugh for different reasons. 
I think what I'm, I'm hearing, I Justin, is that you, I think Justin, yeah, Justin's saying women aren't funny. I'm about to get canceled. <laughs> no, women can be funny. These women, like, were in there to laugh at them almost. Definitely, definitely. No, no, you're absolutely right. And I think that that had to be intentional because I haven't seen all of these movies that they're parodying. But, you know, like, in Do the Right Thing, there's not really a lot of, you know, women-centric stuff. Like, that's a very male-driven movie. Um and I'm sure the others are as well and that type of stuff. And that's what they're parodying. Um, I did – I when I saw that, I kind of forgot about the, the getting freaky, the deep demonic possession scene. But when I was watching it, I was like immediately like, oh, they're, they're testing out scary movie material. Like that scene could be in scary movie, you know? Like there's a, a demon in yeah. some girl before like the teenagers are about to have sex. But apparently that's a parody of an older movie called Abby, A-B-B-Y – which is about a woman who is possessed by, like, a, a, a demon, but the demon is specifically, like, an African sex goddess, or, or demon, demoness. And so they're even, like, throwing it back and parodying, like, a, a really obscure movie in that scene, and I thought that was pretty cool. Okay, that is pretty cool. Yeah, and that's also, uh, we get some, um, what well, I guess... Uh, uh, it is it is like implied that he gets raped, right? Like he does not want to have sex with her after she's a demon, and it it seems yeah, to go he, down. He revoked his consent. He <laughs> said, he said the uh, what's the, what do they call that in kinky shit? The code word, the word, the safe the word? word, yeah, the safe word, yeah. His safe word was screaming and trying to get away. His scream is she, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even even in that scene, he's doing the good facial expressions and stuff, and and I guess you know oh. it, it is it is even like um, it's it's from a dark place, but they're making fun of that reversal because that whole scene, you know, she's like, I don't want to drink too much, you know, I better get going. He's like, No, baby, relax, and he's really doing like the the heavy handed you know male thing from from that era oh. in movies where you know like. Like do you guys, I'm sure you guys remember the romantic comedies for a long time where guy likes girl, girl wants nothing to do with guy, guy then wears her down. Like like that is not a good thing in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> but that was that was like a thing in movies and stories. And I like how they reverse it where then she's like, Okay, I'm gonna get freaky, I'm a demon, I'm gonna like control you now. So so there's some cleverness yep. there. <laughs> yeah. And the only other thing I wanted to point out about the movie off the top of my head is um that all the people on bicycles were like adults they they clearly portrayed adults as really immature and that just went with the theme of the movie is that none of these people are really grown up like even the og the old guy he's getting told to clean his room by (laughs) his mom (laughs) he can't leave his porch because he's grounded you know you got like grown ass people riding these little bikes just in circles. Yeah, like little I, kids. I was definitely like kind of confused by that. I don't know if it's parodying something specific, but like we were saying, Lope Dog's hair has a pacifier in it, and on the right. back on the back of like Crazy Legs wheelchair, he has a whole mobile like you'd see above a crib. And I'm just yes. like, and I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of these childish elements that I didn't really like understand, other than just as visual gags type of thing. No, what they're getting at is that all these characters are really immature, just human beings. Sure, sure, sure. I could, I could see that definitely. And, you know, like, like the whole oh, don't have any dreams. Like dreams are for suckers. Just stay on welfare and all that shit. Right? They're like, don't try and pursue anything in life. Just stay naive and ignorant, and be a child forever. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little bit of that and that your childhood's just taken away from you there. Like, those, you know, like, you don't really get a childhood, so you just are forced to grow up, and you don't really know what you're doing, so you just fake it till you make it, and I feel like that's what ends up happening in this whole movie, and then it just continues on, and the blind leading the blind. Yeah, that's a good point. Right on, right on. I I think the the only other, one tiny one I wanted, scene I wanted to mention, which I really liked, well, it's only part of the scene. Um, I had I had no love for the breakdancing old ladies in the church. Like, oh, that got old quick. Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I was also kind of baffled by like they didn't just own the joke because clearly old women are not breakdancing; they have stunt doubles, you know. But they would cut back to close-ups of the old women so often that I was like, stop it! Like everybody knows what you're doing. Just show people breakdancing if you're going to show it. So I had no love for that, but at the start of that church scene, I did really enjoy the pastor singing the song, and the song is, don't ask, no questions, don't ask, no questions, give me money. They say, how can a pastor be driving a car that nice, or something like that. His only son, didn't they do it? Abraham didn't ask, no questions. Thank you, baby. That's what God expects from his sheep here at the Greater Ebenezer New Revival Tree of Life Institute. Double rock on the side of the road to Jericho Missionary Baptist Church of Zion. And I say Mount Calvary. Y'all don't hear me. Preach on, Reverend. Ain't that the truth? God expects you to do what the Lord wants you to do. Like those of you who realize that that the Lord wants you to give generously into his church. Amen. Don't ask no questions. Don't ask how come or uh, 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 why come the pastor have to have him a nice house? Huh? Uh, why come a uh, uh, pastor got to have a nice car? Huh? Don't ask. I said don't ask. I said don't ask. No questions. Just give the money. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I was like, that is another joke that's coming from a very dark place, you know, the church stealing money from its constituents, whatever. But I, I, I just love that commentary because, you know, that's something I think we see more in one of the more recent, like they're not parody movies, but what you got like your, um, like your Cedric the Entertainer movies and even some of your Chappelle show where they're making fun of like, you know, religion in the, like the hood and, and black communities more often. And they didn't really do that. It was that one scene, you know, they just had kind of the church element of it. And I think that was a great joke to throw in there. But nowadays we would have like way more of that going on. I think, I think that's more easily made fun of these days is the religion aspect like your your holy rollers your choir singings your your um you know speaking in tongues type of stuff i've seen a lot of Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, that that, yeah stupid stupid goddamn old women (laughs) break dancing (laughs) no love for that and then i think the last one i wanted to mention um omar epps shows up uh, Dr. Foreman from House himself shows up just to get shot in the next scene that he's in. That's the one where he's walking into college, and they're like, did you know he's the first person from the hood to go to college? And they turn around, he gets shot immediately. So I did yeah. not know this until researching it. Uh, so in this movie, Omar Epps plays, they, they call him Malik. Like, when they're walking down the street, they call him Malik. And then he goes to college and gets shot. Apparently, this is an exact scene from Higher Learning, 
in which Omar Epps plays a character, Malik, who goes to college and gets shot by, like, uh, like a Nazi sniper who's trying to, like, kill people in that movie. So they, they weren't even parodying that scene. They were straight up just, like, reusing it, which is crazy to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> they got the same dude playing the same character, shot by a guy from the clock tower, you know, the skinhead on the clock tower with a sniper. Like, they didn't get the same shooter as the actor, but I was just like, oh, okay, you know, that's a common thing in parody, I think, where they just, you know, reuse scenes and stuff. But uh, I never would have known without reading about it. <laughs> huh. I was also, I did get confused when I was reading that. They're like, it's from the movie Higher Learning. And I was like, no, I was thinking of How High for a quick second. I was like, that's a very different movie. I was about to say, is that movie. like How High or what? <laughs> Higher, Higher Learning, Learning. Is, a, is a serious movie where How High is, is the furthest thing from a serious movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you smoke your boy. Did we watch How High back in the day, LaShawn? Did we ever watch that one? I sure did. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we watched that and what, Mac and Devin go to high school? I think we watched at some point. Yeah, I bailed on that one. You finished that one. <laughs> yeah, How How High is definitely a absurd movie. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to forget that scene where they don't, they don't have the dude's ashes. They just have his corpse. So they're just smoking his finger. Oh, oh it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so any, uh, any other scenes that we wanted to mention or lines or any, Oh, I, I guess how I did want to talk about, it's a very small bit, but he's one of the funniest people ever to exist. I think we do get to see Bernie Mac in this movie. As the cop who hates black people. The black cop who hates black people. <laughs> and I, I, just, I just love Bernie Mac. He's great in that scene. I, I think I've loved Bernie Mac in everything I've ever seen him in. So it was great to see him because he died way too early. I hate you black bastards. You stink. I hate your black skin. I hate your black pants. I hate black pepper. I hate black keys on the piano. My gums, cause they black. I'd hate Whoopi Goldberg's lips. I hate the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck. <laughs> and most of all, I hate that black ass Wesley Snipes. I don't even know what I thought of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just another one of those like too real moments, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, any other any other scenes or, or anything we wanted to mention uh, with "Don't Dave Be Chappelle, a Menace"? Dave Chappelle that? took the uh, did that with the the black uh, KKK guy. Oh yes. Oh, what's his Cletus? Cletus uh, something. Show us your face, Cletus. <laughs> the, yeah, and he, was he blind too? Yeah, he was the blind KKK leader who was black. Yep. <laughs> that that's from like the first episode of Chappelle's show that's like one of the greatest sketches like in in sketch comedy history because Dave Chappelle knew how to do satire like perfectly oh yeah <laughs> show us your face Cletus <laughs> there's stuff where like he's at the gas station with the reporter and like and like people like KKK members like come up to him and they're like you better get out of town like you're not welcome here and then Dave Chappelle is the blind KKK he's like where is he let's get him and they're all pointing at him <laughs> Oh yeah, Chappelle's show. Oh yeah, we did a so we did an episode on Chappelle's show way back when when we did sketch comedy, and that was the only thing we discussed where we literally discussed all of Chappelle's show. Like Zach and I talked for like five hours, 
and I was able to edit the five-hour discussion into four different distinct episodes on Chappelle's show. And we have only released one on Cinemodities. So there are three unheard episodes of us discussing Chappelle's show. <laughs> That's a fantastic show. <laughs> no, I don't have any last thoughts. I mean, I thought it was great what they were trying to do. Um, I think it it worked back in the day before all of my life changed and everybody else's life changed. And we got to where we are where people cancel things. And... Now I look at it in a different mindset, and so a lot of those jokes just make me feel too much, and I'm like, ah, the humor's gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I during the you. times, it was amazing. Like, that was, that was a hilarious little show. I think, that, I think that's what I'm finding with comedy as well that I knew when I was younger and I go back to it. It's like, whether it be, you know, uh, experience, intelligence, whatever, it's like some of this stuff doesn't hit as well as it used to. Some does, don't get me wrong, like... There's still some stuff I absolutely love from when I was younger, but it's it seems like a, it's more misses than hits, for sure. Would you agree with that, Justin? You're the one who brought up uh, Walk Down Memory Lane, or have I just been picking the good movies from your childhood? <laughs> yeah, this one's realer than the others, I think. You know, oh, yeah. like 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 Mike wasn't didn't like really have any serious <laughs> topics, you know? And yeah, he gets like adopted a straight, at the end. It's that a is happy a straight ending. kids movie too. Yeah. There's no like, you know, Matilda too. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. But you know, I expected this to be like those where I was going to be like, Oh, just a ridiculous fun movie going in. And then I'm just like, shit, this is just making me think way too much about like the current state of the world. Yep. With everything going on, like the fucking riots and just, you know, the current state of things, you know, like Rodney King is just literally like we're in the same place as we were back then. It's like, well, fuck. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I get those scenes and I'm just like, I, I have to pause it. Heather didn't know, like, the whole Rodney King joke. And she's like, oh, like today. And I'm like, yeah, like the same yeah. thing. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, that joke is that joke is rough for sure. Yeah, that's so like a, just... a timelessly offensive joke. Like I know Lashawn, <laughs> we talked about timeless jokes, but this is timeless in a different way. <laughs> Big yeah. time. So I just keep getting pulled back into you know reality, and it's just like oh, twenty twenty, and the, you know all that shit. I'm like, god damn. I don't know if I would call it like a backfire because I, I love when we get to talk about some topics that usually don't come up, but this whole. My whole kind of first thought with the uh, the uh, high impact joke density series was like, you know, these these times in this day and age, you know, we need to laugh, and just every episode it's just been heavy topics talking about like you know R. <laughs> Kelly and and the disintegration of people's <laughs> attention spans and the sad state of comedy and offensiveness, and so I mean, <laughs> we get what we get on Cinemodities. I I'll take it. <laughs> Is that why you you were getting on me about my attention span? Probably. Last weekend, Rob just keeps coming at me. He's like, all you seek in life is instant gratification. <laughs> Bro, he's getting on me. And I'm like, dude, where is this coming from? <laughs> I'm like, where are you getting this from? Like, Probably, now, Justin, now probably. <laughs> I, I probably riled him up a little bit on that one, too. Oh. We talk about that often. <laughs> so uh, any Jeez. any last thoughts on, on this movie, uh, Justin, other than uh, I think we're all in agreement it uh, made us feel sad? sad? Well, a little sadder than we expected? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. No, that's all I got. Okay, okay. Well, then, that brings us to 
the point of the podcast where we ask our questions. And so, of course, as always, we're going to start with our Cinemodities and Late Night, and I think I'm going to throw it over to LaShant first. How about that? Cinemodities and Late Night. What do you think for this one? Um, I think this movie did not age well, and I don't think it's it's a late night flick. And I don't think it's a Cinemodity either. It's just back in those times, this was just kind of the movies you get. People can joke about whatever, talk about whatever, and put out whatever. And this just can't keep up with the times fair fair uh i think i'm feeling the same way like i was definitely like uh kind of on that late night i was like yeah it's another parody movie it's got some laughs but you know the even before we had this discussion i was like the source material you know might not be for everyone like when you go oh we got a parody movie well what's it parodying like you know the hood movies and like the plight of you know minorities and things like that it'd be like why do we want to watch that type of thing? Right. <laughs> so so it's rough for the late night for that reason. And I think I'm I'm also kind of leaning towards no on the cinemodities because it is, you know, for all intents and purposes, it is just another kind of parody movie, even though it's a more modern one than the other ones we've discussed, and it's about different things. Um, and I, I think, you know, with my whole thought earlier of this being like the beginning of the end of comedy or parody movies, um, that it doesn't really make it a cinemodity type of thing. And, you know, I, I think that just it's it's the way in style. They were figuring it out. You know, they had to get bad reviews in this movie to know what to refine to hit, you know, the nail on the head with Scary Movie, which is, had such a cultural impact. So I'm with you, LaShawn. I'm going to go no to both. And so that leaves you, Justin. What do you think? Yeah, I was kind of leaning yes on both. Ooh, oh. okay, okay. Do you want to explain to us why, or uh, do you think nope. that'll just dig a hole for you? <laughs> nope. I'm done explain. No, no, no. I'll explain. <laughs> I think it's uh, – I think everything's a late-night movie, as you know, because I don't watch anything during That's right. The this day. is the first time LaShawn has been on with Justin. Uh, Justin, every time I ask him late night, he goes, I only watch movies at night. Well, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I – I can't even, like, I can't, like, complain to him for that because there's no steadfast definition, like, ev- to uh, to everybody, a cinemati in a late-night movie is a different thing. And so Justin is just taking it very literally, and he's just like, do I watch it at night? Yes. <laughs> so, I, I, like, there's nothing to complain about. He's the only one with that stance, and I love it. But, you know, it, I always seem to forget this when I ask you the question, Justin. <laughs> But I don't think I'd be recommending it, you know, if I, if someone was like, oh, what do I want to watch? Like I was actually with Heather and her mom at night and we were looking through movies and I was like, let's watch Don't Be a Menace. That movie was like so dope back in the day. Like I don't think I'd be doing that again. That, you know, I know you told me that story before, and I'm glad you reminded me of it because let's say it had gone differently and you had watched that with Heather and her mom. Do you think it would have been like a rough time because of the source – because of this material? Yeah, I think it'd be weird. Okay, so <laughs> I think if I watched it back then, it would have been cool. But I don't think I can watch that movie again. Sure, sure. I, I just, I just don't have any interest in re. I don't think it has any replay value for me. Mm, you know, I'd go, I'd watch Matilda again. That shit was fun. <laughs> well, of course, that movie is a masterpiece in every sense yeah. of the word. Uh, no, I'm every also thinking about like John, I think had replay value, but I'm not going to sit through this with someone. Yeah, honestly, this would I'd also be... be tough to show like an older white person. Oh, true. Yeah, <laughs> Heather's mom. Well, we ended up watching what was it? Zach and Miri make a porno. So, <laughs> oh god, that movie. That was probably harder to sit through than this. So, 
if I had to choose between the two, I would pick Don't Be a Menace over watching that with her mom again. Uh, <laughs> I would agree. Don't I don't be... I don't think I ever want to see Zach and Miri make a porno ever again in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We watched that together, Rob, and I'm pretty sure we watched the unrated or the the whatever version that was the gross stuff. Yeah, the, yep. That yeah. movie was just it, it's Kevin Smith, it's just raunchy for the sake of raunchy. Though I know I mentioned it on an episode that came out a few weeks ago, but I'll mention it again. That movie has a fantastic joke when they're interviewing people for um the porn video and and they interview a dude and they hire him and they're like, "Okay, great, you're hired. What's your name?" And he goes, "Chester the Molester Cock and Stuff." And they go, "Wow, that's a great porn name." And he goes, "We got a <laughs> we got a porn name? I want mine to be Jack Johnson." <laughs> yeah, you're hired, yeah. Mr. Uh, who are you again? Lester. Lester the Molester Cock and Stuff. No. Wow. <laughs> that is the best porn name I've ever heard, man. I can have a porn name? Then I'll be Pete Jones. Okay. Like, I, I love that <laughs> yeah. one joke for some reason. Like, I'm totally into that joke, but that movie was just so I could not... I'm not a big Kevin Smith fan, but there's another episode of Cinemodities you can hear my, my thoughts on Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you answered Late Night, Justin. What about Cinemodity? Yeah, I thought the movie was kind of odd. I think just everything we're saying about it makes it a pretty odd movie for parodies, just for offensive movies. Okay, that's like that's I don't fair. think it was intended to be offensive, but it's kind of offensive. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Okay, I think I think so that's kind of odd. Okay, right on. So you we... know, not full blown cinematic oddity. Fair. So and it, it's like is a like a an ambivalent yes to cinemodity. Like you're just a uh, you're on kind of on the. I'm on the fence. Okay. I, I'm I'm more in the cinemodity group, but I'm not, you know, all the way. <laughs> okay, okay, right. Not on. all the way there. <laughs> so with that being said, then that, of course, gets us to our restaurant, our snacks. Message. 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 And no, it's not a message to the inner city youth. It's not a message to our audience unless you are fans of the Cinemodities restaurant. Justin and I are here to discuss yet another email from Maximo. But that's not all this time. Actually, we are also discussing something that Maximo has created for us that we want to share with the rest of the Cinemodities community. I think we've been talking about it, you know, ever, ever since we started discussing Maximo's emails and these crazy paint images he's been sharing with us, Justin. But finally, there is a Cinemodities subreddit, and you can find it through none other than Cinemodities right on reddit.com or, or, at r, oh god, or r slash Cinemodities. R slash. <laughs> Justin's like, you sure you're not drunk? R, r slash, I said or and r too close together, and I had a difficult time with it. r slash Cinemodities, the same way that the podcast is spelled. So we're going to talk about... Hey, good job, Maximo. Yeah, yeah, Ma Maximo, you're the man. Uh, you're doing your part uh, at the restaurant now that you've been hired, you know, as the lawyer slash fraudster slash time vortex insurance, all that stuff. And we invite everybody who listens to this podcast to join the Cinemodities subreddit. I know for me, Rob in particular, I'm going to post all of these pictures that Maximo has shared with us I'm going to use it as a goofy outlet to continue the gloriousness 
of the restaurant, and whoever else is on there, whether it be Justin, Ben, Heather, LaShawn, uh, anyone else we get, Barry, hopefully he joins us, it'll be a good community because we've, we've kind of fostered this community on Cinemodities of just, you know, the hosts, me, Justin, Zach, whoever, talking to our fans in this kind of distant way, and now we can actually do some more forum-type stuff. So I really like it. I, I hope this takes off, and I am very happy about where this can go. So everybody, I'll put it in the show notes. Check out the Cinemodity subreddit. Give it a join. Post on there. Complain to us about what you love, <laughs> what you hate. Uh, you know, maybe even go back, back in episode 100 when we talked about Mortal Engines, say, you know, you guys are wrong, you said that movie was a piece of garbage mess, but here's why we think differently, and I can't speak for Zach right now, but you better believe Rob is going to actually think about your comments and respond to them, maybe not in the most professional way, but that's just who Rob is. <laughs> He's going to think hard about how to disagree with you in the most aggressive manner. Yep, as we said before, we disenfranchise the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we could post the kangaroo's boxing picture now. <gasps> the Justin? article, we had the whole article on that I'm, shit. I'm kind of going to, now that you say that, I kind of want to leave that to you, Justin. When you join this, feel free, post that shit up. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw it on, 100%. <laughs> because you are the creator of the uh, the kangaroo boxing portion of the Cinemodities <laughs> restaurant. You bet. So, so Justin has earned his keep as a a cinemodityer, a redditor. I didn't. I couldn't think of any other errs. But other than that, we will talk about the Cinemodities Reddit as we go through this discussion, this little tidbit in this episode, because we are talking about none other than, as we said, another email from Maximo. And if everybody needs a reminder, we left off last time where Maximo was challenging the heart attack grill in his next newest lawsuit and there were, i think the two biggest things to remind everybody of before this discussion is one i made fun of maximo a lot as i do everybody who emails me of their spelling and grammar and also we had the great running gag in justin and i's last discussion of don't tell me how to do my fucking job <laughs> <laughs> And I have to say, this latest email we've gotten for Maximo, the subject of it is none other than, don't tell me how to do my fucking job. So before I start reading it, Justin, uh, do you think Maximo is just poking fun at the joke we were making, or he is literally saying that to us? <laughs> the man doesn't need to be told how to do his job, clearly. <laughs> All right, he goes above and beyond. Yes. And yes. for liability purposes, we should probably not say we told him to do any of this. So he's probably watching our backs. Fair. That's a good point. <laughs> that is a really good point. So uh, with that subject being said, here we go. As always, I think this is just fitting a common format. There's going to be some readings from both Justin and I of Maximo's email, some brief discussions on pictures, a little less this time because they're going to go on the Reddit. Woo-woo, we got that now. But here we go. And once again, before I start reading this, I want to remind everybody, I have previously poked fun at Maximo's grammar and spelling. So, here we go. All of me spilling mustache around porpoise because of legal reasones, I can't say me roomba kidged people. 
So understand all of these spilling errors are one purpose. <laughs> Did I do a good job, Justin? <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> We did say last time that Maximo, we, we, even though I was making fun of his spelling and grammar uh, in his lawsuits, we said that it had to be on purpose because he knows legally is better than we do. And uh, I'm glad he poked fun back at us with all of that stuff. I think my favorite in that sentence, because yes, that was an entire one sentence that I just read. Mustak, M-I-S-T-A-Q-U-E-S. Instead of mistakes, it is Mustak, like Jacques, the French name. <laughs> that is that is great. But I also love porpoos, porp, and, porpoise, and kidged, kidged people. Kidge, kidge is that people? like in Spanish? <laughs> no, I was thinking like no. That's I gotta don't be know. like Danish or Norwegian with the J's instead of the L's, right? Exactly, Something like that. Yeah. Spanish uses J's instead of the H's, but then it'd be kid. Ah, yes, yes. So, <laughs> me Roomba kid people. <laughs> kid. <laughs> oh, that was great, Maxima. That was so much fun when I first read that engine, and then just thinking of how to say it on this recording. That was a that was a good bit of fun that I had. Um, even though you just poked fun back at me for making fun of your spelling and grammar, that does not save you from any future spelling and grammar mistakes that I'm going to make fun of, which, guess what, Justin, are included in this email. So here we go. The second paragraph, which is spelled more appropriately, I guess. Maximo Correctly. says, So I went to Heart Attack Grill and took the challenge, but I poured antifreeze into the owner's cup and he fucking died of intoxication. So then I pulled out my guns and lit the place on fire rounds of bullet flying. I even drew a little comic of the thing I made. Oh, so, oh, oh, I, I almost. Come sorry. on, bro. I even drew a little comic of the thing. I made it on paint with my finger on my phone. So that was a hour I'm never getting back. And Justin, I gotta, I, I know you got a lot to say. About I lost it. This event, about this picture, about all this stuff. But in this paragraph, Maximo writes, A hour. A hour. A hour. I'm never getting back. Okay, so Maximo, let me, let me tell, even though I think last time we talked about Maximo, Justin and I are unsure if he's an infant or not. He might be. We don't know. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gathering the fact that maybe... Nothing wrong with this, but maybe Maximo's first language might not be English. Can I tell you, Maximo, real quick, I'm going to mansplain this to you. My legs are so wide right now on my couch. <laughs> the English language has something known as a glottal approximant. Oh, God. Every time that you have a word starting with a vowel, it should be preceded by the article N, like N eggplant, N eyeball. An egregious mistake of spelling. <laughs> but there are some things in the English language that do not start with vowels, but rather start with consonants that sound like vowels, such as the word hour, H-O-U-R, as in the measurement oh, of time. Oh, do you think that's why he messed it up? Because it sounds like a vowel? Maybe. I've seen this before. Because here's the thing. 
maybe to tie it back to more of what Justin and I know, the word our, H-O-U-R, compare this to the word heuristic, H-E-U-R-I-S-T-I-C. This is the difference in the English language. The word our, H-O-U-R, is known as a glottal approximant because it uses a consonant that sounds like a vowel. But in the English language, the word heuristic uses H as a consonant, hure, heuristic. That is the difference in the English language. You should never say a hour. You should say an hour because hour is a glottal approximant, but you say a heuristic. Are you following me, Justin? I never knew that's what it was called. Did you expect to get a grammar lesson in this recording? No, I thought we were just going to talk shit the whole time, and I'm learning about fucking grottos. Justin's like, there was a there was a, an MS Paint picture I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Why no, you- I literally lost it when I saw him say, so that's an hour I'm not getting back. I was literally like, that's just hilarious. That, that is funny. I have to agree with you. Maximo, don't get me wrong. When you said, I made it on paint with my finger on my phone, <laughs> so that was an hour I'm never getting back. That's very funny, but he said a hour. And I'm trying to let Maximo know, as our lawyer, that a thing known as glottal approximants exist in the English language. You know he's just going to curse you out now. Maximo, I hope you don't quit after this. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you had to say, Justin, about that second paragraph about the heart attack grill, the... uh, the intoxication, the guns, or or do you want to, because it kind of is shown in this picture as well, just get into, it, I, it's not even a picture, it's like a slew of five pictures. <laughs> it's way more than five, I think. Oh, wait, is it actually five? Everybody can see these pictures regardless of how many, however many it there are. Five. But we... there's like so many panels, there's so many yes. panels. Yes, there's... Maximo made it an actual like comic play of his events in the heart attack grill, which will all be uploaded to Reddit so you guys can see it on the... Uh, it's a comic. S- it's not a play. It's a comic play. That's what I said. A comic play? Comic play. A comic a play. Okay, are we going to have to go even further back into the English language? <laughs> have you ever seen anyone be like, the comic play Superman? No, it's just the comic. Come on. Because that is – okay, no, we're not, get, we're not getting – we have more important Nobody things to talk that. about, Justin. We're getting more – If you're going to teach grammar, at least – Tune you know, in next time when Justin and I argue it. the English language <laughs> further. <laughs> we, we have to get, though, into these pictures that Maximo sent us. And I, and I strongly recommend not only these pictures from this email we're discussing today, but all the ones we've discussed in the past, Justin and I. Uh, please go to our Cinemodity subreddit. Check out – the continuing adventures of Maximo, I guess that's what it would be called, uh, as our lawyer slash fraudster slash time vortex insurer of the restaurant. So I, I know even though we have a lot of pictures here, Maximo gives us a, a text description of these events, which Justin is going to read for us. But Justin and I did want to give a few comments on just the idea of these pictures. And, and I think I want to start, Justin. Uh, when, when we begin these panels, I think the first character we see, like right under that first paragraph of text, 
with the with the glasses it looks like with the with the black hair with the red tie i think that is supposed to be maximo would you agree yeah. he put his best suit on for this shenanigan he did he, he looked clearly quite dapper in um quite dapper his his john say. wick style invasion of the heart attack grill in texas but i have to say i i'm kind of when i first saw this i was like is this maximo or does maximo somehow know who you and i are because this character to me Looks like a combination of us. Like it's got my glasses and your hair. <laughs> yeah, I do need a haircut. So, uh, real quick, Cinemodity's conspiracy theory, Maximo might be the child of Justin and I. What do you think about oh, that? Oh, God. Justin don't like, Justin don't like men having children. <laughs> I've got no problem that with That might have to get bleeped children. out. <laughs> I have a problem with you and I having children. <laughs> It's not all men. It's me and you, Rob. <laughs> so, so I wanted to mention that, and I think the next thing I want to mention is a little further down in this panel of pictures. But Justin, like we said, just just kind of top thoughts, big ideas. How did you feel? I guess to start when I forwarded you this email, and you saw an extended MS Paint comic filled with blood and gunfire. So. I think my first impression was just like, how the hell did this guy do this on his phone? Bro, he's got to have a screen the size of a tablet. Are you kidding me? I couldn't draw this good pen and paper, and he's on his phone doing doing panel comics. So I was like, geez. Well, he is our son. He's got both of our talents. I, I would think anyone related to me is just terrible at drawing, but maybe it's just running me. with that now. <laughs> so that was A. B – I dude, I can't get over the drawing. It's so damn good. On for a phone? Come I on. do I do have to give you that. There are there are some panels, I think, in the middle of this set of pictures that are kind of incredibly farther detailed than I could have imagined. Because I know, I, it's insane. Yeah, because I read that he had, you know, done this on with his finger on his phone, and then in those kind of panels where Maximo the character is cutting off people's arms and John Wick style diving or Keanu Reeves style diving Dude, with guns. This is, a, this is a straight up kill bill scene. Yeah. The, the face is so detailed. I'm, I'm kind of blown <laughs> away by how detailed some of the, the <laughs> eyes so and glasses and facial expressions are. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, dude, he's got a he's got this panel where he's like leaned over shooting guns in two different directions. Yeah. Like that's gangster. I, and <laughs> and in that panel, I think we're talking about the same one. His tie is in the wind. It's bent I up. Know. It's insane. There you can feel the motion. Take it into <laughs> account. It's jeez, like he stepped up his game. I mean, you know that first cinemodity's toilet. Fuck you. I know. I'm sorry, Maximo, that wasn't you. That was, you know, Modern Toilets sending that to us. But this is this is a step up from previous pictures we've seen in a grand way. And I only hope Maximo is just taking his his art style to the next level now that he has the Cinemodity subreddit as an outlet for these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots a guy in the head, in the forehead, and somehow the blood seems to make it on the top of his head. I'm look. I'm looking for this real. It's the, it's the lean. It's the gangster lean shooting. Okay. This guy's got blood 
going like a toupee all of a sudden. Oh, I thought that was that dude's mohawk. Oh. I didn't think that was blood. I thought blood. it was the dude he blasted in the face. Because he's not pointing a gun at that guy. No, like three panels up, he shoots a guy in the face, though. Yeah, but then see that same gangsta lean where in the middle of the panel at the bottom there's like a little thing with red splatter in it? Yeah. I think that's like the back of the dude's head that's getting shot through. Oh, I thought he moved on to shoot someone else. And the dude on the left is like just another guy coming at him with an Uzi or something <laughs> with a with a red mohawk. Okay, the chronology isn't really clear because he's shooting the guy in like panel three. This happens then, every time we're confused about Maximus. We always start with, this is awesome, we love it, and then we go, wait, hold on. <laughs> it's still okay. great, but we're confused. <laughs> he's shooting the guy, and then he stops shooting the guy, and he's still shooting the guy. It's got to be a different guy, then, that he's shooting there. I think it is a different guy. I, I think it's multiple multiple guys. But the dude on the left, I think that red is hair. It's a mohawk. I okay. Think, yeah, that looks like a mohawk. Even though later on we get a panel. There's no mohawk in the end. Yep, though. that was what I was about to say. In the in those four people from the the heart attack grill, there is no mohawk. So Maximo, I I think Maximo's doing the right thing. He never wants to finish a story. He always needs to give us questions for him to answer. <laughs> like he's doing the right artistic thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, making us think. So I, I have to say, I, I also love it's a it's a, a few panels down from the gangstaline. I love you calling it gangstaline. the gangstaline. Um, that Maximo gets a phone call from Zach. Yes. And he draws the phone with the with the check mark and the X mark for accept or reject. <laughs> and it just says Zach. <laughs> I don't I don't know about you, Maximo, but everything I know about Zach, if if he employs you He's not Zach in your phone. He's Big Boss Man, okay? (laughs) Before we get on to the full description, I need to mention, I think the last bit I want to mention in this set of pictures is that when, uh, after he talks to Zach on the phone, he hangs up and he is dealing with the bloodied, burned, and bruised members of the Heart Attack Grill, Maximo is shown sitting at a table with a coffee mug next to him, and he has a speech bubble coming out. And on his lapel is a smiley face pin with a little bit of blood on it. Maximo, is this a Watchmen reference? Oh, shit. If this is a Watchmen reference, no, no, I'm not even going to say what Maximo gets if it is. It could be good. It could be bad. I just need to know. Is this a a Watchmen reference? That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. Justin, have you ever seen Watchmen, the Zack Snyder movie? No, no. Okay, Justin, next time we hang out, I am going to show you the ultimate edition of Watchmen, which is a little over four and a half hours long. Bro, as long as it's not Babe 2, Pig in the City, I'm fucking watching. Oh, I am so glad you bring that up. Because Justin, hold on, hold on. Justin, look at Skype. Look at Skype. Oh no! Do you see me? Oh, why Do you am see I my video? Ready? Hold on. What's my background? What's my Hold background on. on Skype? Oh no! I just made <laughs> my background on Skype the promotional poster of <gasps> Babe Two. Oh Pig my god! In the 
City. Is there anything else you want to say about these panels, or would you like to read the remainder of this email? It's up to you. Yeah, I just want to again say, when Maximo says shit, the concerned look on his face. Dude, the art, the artsmanship is great. And then he's cheesing two panels later. <laughs> wait, wait. He nonchalantly puts the phone back in, and then he's cheesing, and his mug says, one number lawyer. Instead of number one lawyer, yes. it says one number lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And then he gives the contract facing away. Oh, he must have to turn like screen rotation off. Fantastic touch. It is the – I imagine it as the shot of him handing the contract to other people. So yep. from his point of view, it would be upside down. Everybody, yep. once again – Fucking look at these pictures on our subreddit. They are phenomenal. That's why we've dedicated so much time discussing them. We love them. <laughs> Bro, the attention to detail is actually insane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So you ready for me to get into it? Yes. The next part. So, so after this series of pictures, these, these comic book panels, uh, th- this comic play, if you will, we have two oh, more God. paragraphs of text that Justin is going to Are read you? for us. So go for it, Justin. Who says comic play? Jesus. Oh, my God. We, we... Tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs> Maximo, respond. Tune in next time. <laughs> okay, all right. So after, after the comic series or comic book, anything but comic play, he goes on to say <gasps> – But then I realized this is a fucking audio media, so I'm an idiot. Well, listeners, this will be an audio, a audio representation of the comic and what happened. That's not even a glottal approximate, Maximo. If the word starts with a vowel, you put an. (laughs) Rob's going to have a stroke if you don't start using the gelato approximate. I think glottal. (laughs) The gelato (laughs) approximate known as ice cream. (laughs) I feel like every time we discuss Maximo's emails, he's learning more and more about the English language for me. And this is just the next tiny detail he needs to get. (laughs) You like to think that, but instead he's just seething. Like, get on with it. If I wanted to learn, I'd go on Rosetta Stone, Rob. That's not what I come here for. Maximo is Steve Buscemi in the Adam Sandler movie Billy Madison, where he has the list of people (laughs) he needs to kill. And my name is just, like, on there six times. <laughs> <laughs> he writes your name every time you correct his grammar. Yes. <laughs> he even explained his grammar, and you're still you're still giving him the fucking grotto. These aren't legal documents. He's writing them to us. He said his grammar mistakes were for legal documents. This is not a legal – well, okay, honestly, now that I say that, he is writing it to his employers, so technically – between an employer and a lawyer, a client and a lawyer, it is a legal document. See, okay, now, Maximo, I feel bad, but you still should, you should learn about bad. glottal approximants. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we're going to talk about fricative approximants. <laughs> oh, God. Please tell me that's not an actual thing. I said next time, and it is an actual thing. Oh, God. <laughs> that's like six levels deep from hanging participles. <laughs> I just know the language. I don't learn the the labels. <laughs> Justin's like, if it's not a meme, I can't read it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I cut you off. 
Continue, please. All right. Please. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to take it from the top. Yeah, N alternative. or But I'm going to take it from the top, okay? I'm a, I'm yeah, but I'm not from... editing any of this out. That's fine. I I expected as much. I just can't start in the middle because if anyone's actually listening, they're not going to remember what came before that after our five-minute tangent. Wow, okay. Way to disenfranchise the listeners. <laughs> am, I, am I doing this right? You, that, that actually hits the nail on the head. So, yes. I mean, should we start this whole discussion over? Should we start yeah, from the top of the email? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so okay. Babe 2, Pig in the City. <laughs> So he goes, but then I realized this is a fucking – he used the gelato approximation right there. But then I realized this is a fucking audio media. That so is I'm not – you got you can't even get it right, Justin. Whatever. It should be He's a fucking because right F there. is a consonant. That's not an approximation. That's just – Why don't you go eat some gelato and okay, let me start, read this? Okay, I, start – I can't <laughs> eat gelato. I'm allergic to milk. So start from the beginning, Justin, and I'm going to try my best to shut up. <laughs> I feel like every time I start over, people aren't going to realize I'm starting over because he starts with the word but. But that's besides the point. But then I realize this is a fucking audio media, so I'm an idiot. Well, listeners, this is this will be an audio representation of the comic and what happened. And an audio alternative could be for Rob to create a Cinemonity subreddit so we listeners could be more vocal about stuff. Plus, I feel Reddit fits more with the late night feel of this podcast. But enough about that. Let's go on with what happened. Get on with what happened. I do want to mention uh, Rob did not create the Cinemodity subreddit. Maximo did. So good yep. on him. And and we fully endorse it. I think that's what we've been saying this whole uh, this whole discussion. Justin and I fully endorse uh, the the subreddit. Check it out once again. It'll be in the show notes for sure. But please now continue, Justin, with the discussion and description of the pictures we described. Yeah, I mean, Maximo's really earning his keep as lawyer. He's got to start paying you more money because, as I was saying, all good employees of the Cinemodities restaurant, the better you are as an employee, the more you have to pay your employers. And so Maximo's going to start having to pay you a hefty sum, I believe. That's how this works. Or that's at least what Rob told me. Yeah, I want money. <laughs> I'm at least paying him uh, two times minimum wage for my services. At first, I thought I was getting paid, but now it's like a pyramid scheme. Like, you know, buy <laughs> buy our products and you'll make money. Except I haven't made money yet, but I've given in quite a, quite a bit. So We don't participate in pyramid schemes. As Maximo says, but enough about that. Let's get on with what happened. After I poisoned, and here's where we get the description of the comic. Yes. Not the comic play, just the comic. <laughs> After I poisoned the owner, all of the workers took out guns, so I had to shoot, slice, and burn my way out of there. But as I was burning someone, I got a call from Zach who told me what you said in the episode as to collaborate with them. So I took out my table and made a contract with the four guys on the floor, one without an arm, one burned to a crisp, one in a coma, and one without eyes. So we agreed on a contract of 100% benefits to Cinemodities. So, Rob, I am proud to say we can add the heart attack burger in which one in ten bites will kill you to the menu. Yes, that was all one sentence. <laughs> Next time, Maximo learns about punctuation. <laughs> 
Plus, we have a burned-up place in Texas. What is, what is it, the the object-action-verb structure of a sentence? <laughs> That's what we need to teach him also? I guess so. I'm just Justin's like, I don't know, I don't know what language is. Don't ask me. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not... I just use it eloquently and incredibly. I don't need to be able to describe... To be fair, like when Justin and I hang out, the 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 extents of the things we say are like, "Oh my, what fat nuts you have!" <laughs> <laughs> don't, I don't want any qualifications on that, Justin. Just just let everybody think who and w- what we're saying and referring that to. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll just let that one be. So so I have to say because this text description describes a little more about what we saw in the picture. Um, I think I want to start with the fact that the four people that he makes this contract with, or the four people that agree to this contract, um, totally fine. One of them's losing, one of them is missing an arm, no problem. One of them is a burn victim, no problem. One of them doesn't have eyes, maybe one of the other people at the table read this contract to them, fine. Can you really, Maximo, have someone in a coma agree to a contract? I, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm, I'm just questioning the validity of, of that Rob. person's involvement in this contract. Rob, do you remember our liability discussion earlier? Sometimes there are questions you just don't ask your lawyer. That's, <laughs> that's, that's good. When the lawyer, what is, it's the lawyer in, um, the night of the first lawyer before John Turturro. He's like, yeah. I don't care if you did it, but I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. If your lawyer tells you they agreed to the contract, you now own their business and you get 100% of the profits, you don't ask him how. You say thank you. <laughs> this is why I talked to Justin about this because he can remind me from asking too many questions uh, about legal things, not about the English language things. I'm doing thumbs up. <laughs> So I, I think the uh, those are the two things I wanted to mention. Uh, of course, you know, now that we have, I guess, contracted the Heart Attack Burger, uh, that will have to go into the spreadsheet on the Cinemodities restaurant for this episode, um, which is great. We always love new additions to the hundreds of items we already have. Uh, but I guess, Justin, I throw it over to you. What are your thoughts on this interaction? I think specifically about the collaboration, which is what you were calling for in the last Maximo email discussion. You know, I think it's good. I, I think I think it's uh, great work on Maximo's part. You know, we've got some more slaves to employ. We've got, um, you know, we get we get more profits. <laughs> Justin knows exactly what this restaurant is about when he said we have more slaves. <laughs> Yeah, the employees don't get paid. They get they get hurt. They get pained. They, they do get jizzles, but you know, no money, just jizzles. What the fuck's a jizzle? A jizzle is a chamois, but created specifically to clean up jizz. We give one to each employee to clean up <laughs> their jizz. They're too sad and too busy working to even jizz. You literally run these guys around the clock. I don't know. They don't even I don't know sleep. if that applies to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's too tired to rub one. Nobody, nobody is too tired nobody or sad ever, to jizz. <laughs> nobody's ever been too tired or sad to jizz. That might Rob's be the new motto 
of the restaurant, along with no liability and all that stuff. Nobody's too tired or sad to jizz. This is like everyone's categorical imperative, like <laughs> to jizz. That's why they get a jizzle. Oh my god, this is this has become. This episode is going to be so long, everybody, because we're recording these this and Don't Be a Menace in separate. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I have to apply to the rules of that episode. Yes. Get ready for another Mulholland Drive-length episode, but solely about jizzing for a certain point. <laughs> Why is there a VHS? What's going on in that last pane? That's the last thing I want to mention before moving on. In the um, – when Maximo drives up to the restaurant? Where, or, I mean, the car, as we assume, Maximo's in the car and he drives. Oh, so, oh yeah, yeah. is Our, that the restaurant? Okay, everybody. This is how little Justin knows about the actual podcast. Our logo is a VHS tape. But it doesn't... All right. Okay. I get it now. No, I knew... Actually, no. I'm shaking I, my I head. I'm shaking my head at Justin. He can see me. <laughs> Look, I'm going to move out of the way. He can see Babe 2, Pig in the City. Oh, man. Yeah, I never oh. took a hard look at that. <laughs> That's great. I never took a hard look at that. I just always skimmed through it to get to the episode I was on. Because you know those are the only ones I even kind of listen to it's anyway. A, every single episode logo is a VHS tape where the sticker on the VHS tape is the poster of what we're discussing. I got better things to look at, though. I got <laughs> oh, Justin, you are a goober, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to discuss about this email before we get into the final bit, which... You requested, you dirty, dirty man. I'm ready. Let's 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 move move if, on to it. If everybody remembers, and and I want to remind anybody who does not, let me change my Skype background effect. Uh, nope, that's the glottal approximate one. Real quick to this picture. They can't see your background, but you can. <laughs> and I'm having fun with this new technology I've earned, Justin. Okay, don't get angry at me. In okay. in the last. Maximo email discussion, um, which is when, you know, Maximo was creating these lawsuits. There was a lot of violence. There was a lot of guns. There was a lot of hangings. Remember the gallows, that type of stuff. Justin does not remember this, but I'm tempted to even go back and take the clip of Justin and put it in here. It is something along the lines of Justin wanted to see the Cinemodity stick figure with a gun for a dick sticking it in someone's mouth. And Maximo... You gave us exactly that. But I put all the blame for this on Justin because, as Maximo says, here is your drawing of your weird gun kink fetish, Justin, you sick fuck. (laughs) You know there's those times in your life where you get a little out of hand and it just follows you? Justin knows way too well that I know those times in my life. (laughs) I'm not sure if this is one of those times. Or one of those high points, you know, where you're like, man, I was peaking. It's one or the other, this <laughs> did moment I, right here. Did I do too poorly or too well at this moment in my life? <laughs> <laughs> so this like will in also... five years, how am I going to reflect on this Maximo drawing? This will also be in the Reddit. <laughs> because people in internet history. need to see this. 
Maximo, you have outdone yourself. For all of the amazing things you sent us, I'm kind of... I don't know how you're going to feel about this, Maximo. This is the f- my favorite picture you've sent us. Because not only did you take Justin's weird gun kink fetish blowjob thing, you put tears in the person's <laughs> eyes. And that... That is one of the things I chalk up to, which Justin is one of my good friends knows. You laugh at, but you shouldn't laugh at. <laughs> <laughs> and for everybody, uh, uh, Justin and I are talking through Skype. Skype has recently added the ability to not only blur the background and put pictures that they provide in the background, like Zoom has done for a while. You can now choose your own images, and as Justin is talking to me, he can see me with this picture from Maximo in the background. And look at that, right by my shoulder, you can see those tears rolling down that eye. <laughs> dude, dude, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Honestly, as soon as I saw that, I was showing people. I started <laughs> laughing. It was like at, – at first it was just like a me moment, you know? I was laughing at the at the comic. I saw this picture and I was like, oh my god. And I was showing people immediately. It's so good. It, it really is kind of you know on point because it's so simplistic compared to uh, I think all or a lot of Maximo's other stick figure drawings. But it – I mean honestly, if, if Zach would not kill me for doing this – I would make this the new Cinemodities logo. Justin, back to Maximo and his email. Is there any final thoughts for this time of Maximo's reaching out to us that you want to uh, describe? Because I remember your last time. Maximo. Yeah. You're insane, but you're hilarious. (laughs) Yes. And I love it. I I think, you know... um, uh, the next time we hear from him, I think there is is finally, you know, maybe one more lawsuit he has to put forward. I don't remember exactly who it was. Sign Modities? I think so. I think that was left because we had Modern Toilets. We've had Heart Attack Grill. I think Sign Modities is the only one left. And I look forward to it. I think both of us look forward to it. And yes. everybody, if you want to, you know, dig into this more, really see these pictures, comment about the entirely real Cinemodities restaurant – Check out the Cinemodities subreddit. Join it. Comment. Talk to us. Like I said, Rob is going to keep an eye on it, and, and he's going to reach out to his fans because I've loved the community that we've had in the past, and I you know I take some time to respond to emails. It'll be quick and easy for me to just constantly post the showgirls jazz hand gif every time someone tries to talk to me on Reddit. And he knows he can't get banned from the subreddit. Because he's the one who does the banning, but I'm a moderator, so I might ban him if he. He's does not it a too moderator much. right now. Well, I guess when this comes out, he will be a moderator. To be yes. fair. Yes. Uh, so, any last thoughts, Justin, at all about the restaurant, about Maximo, this email, the su- the uh, the subreddit, anything like that? No, sir. That's all I got. All right. Well, then, for everybody listening to this episode, if this does not become a bonus one, we are now going to cut back into. Rob, Justin, and LaShawn talking about the restaurant for Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. We live in a time vortex no different than before. <laughs> Message. So uh, I'm going to get out of the way. It's, uh, we've said it's offensive already. Maybe in the restaurant you wouldn't be able to play it. Maybe it would just exist as a relic of history. 
but I want the Rodney's Ride arcade game cabinet in the restaurant. Oh, God. Like I said, you might not be able to play it. It might just be on display, but I think that is crazy enough for the restaurant that we would need it in there. And, you know, maybe it's like a teaching tool of what shouldn't be done in comedy or or what can be done to offend everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my first one. I actually didn't have too many others. Um, I mentioned it before that uh, I'll throw it in here. I definitely want, like... Since we don't have a mechanic or an auto garage in the restaurant, but we have some other services, like there's like there's a barber shop in there, um, there's kiosks where you can get like lab work, blood work and stuff done. Um, I, I want a mechanic, like an auto garage in there, but it's specifically inside the kitchen area. Like, very close to the kitchen area. Like, I want people who are putting, like, you know, I want, like, the molasses to be next to the uh, the motor oil so it gets mixed up every once in a while. That type of thing. For for the food and for the cars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so what did, what did you guys have? I know both of you, I don't think you know this, both of you usually only come in with one thing for the restaurant. So, so I don't know who to throw it over to first. You usually, you both always come in with one hot topic for the restaurant. So, who wants to go first? They're fighting <laughs> with each other right now, everybody. I would say the one first? thing I had is uh, the with if you have crazy legs perform, but the only way to get the crazy legs performance is to take his ramp, and you have to chug a forty, go down the ramp, and then you can't see what's at the bottom of the ramp. You just have to hope that you survive and you don't become paralyzed. Is, are you saying this is to get to his performance? Yeah, just to get to his performance. <laughs> okay, okay, I like that. So so it's a ramp you can't see the bottom of, and you have to chug a 40 beforehand? Yeah. <laughs> love it, love it. Because that, that works well, because we have some stages, we have, like, performances and stuff like that. So I think that fits perfectly. And, uh, yeah, I would love to have Crazy Legs, you know, show up in there. What He's doing, like, ballet at the end of the movie, isn't he? When he's a dancer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, also, you know, I think that's uh, that would be great to see, you know, some uh, some ballet in the restaurant. We don't have that yet. And, and, and then do it you gets... have 40s? I mean, come on. Well, I, I don't know if we have 40s. That was going to be one of my other pitches, which works well with yours, LaShawn. I want to just have, like, just a, a portion of the restaurant where there's just lines of refrigerators and they're all packed with 40s. Because as we see in, in Loke Dog's house, his mom, she opens the refrigerator and it is just to the gills packed with 40s. <laughs> and I just want a bunch of those. So, no, I, I Damn, did that. now I kind of want a 40. Yo, tomorrow's <laughs> Friday. I'm definitely drinking a 40 tomorrow. There's no way I don't. There's no way I don't drink a 40 tomorrow. Pour, uh, pour some out for... Um, for parody movies, they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> parody movies dead. Pour some out for the homies and the parody movies. <laughs> no, so that that's good, Lashawn. I think um, I want to extend that to if not only seeing Crazy Eyes, but to see any performance in the restaurant. I want people to not know what they're getting into and be intoxicated for the experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yo. What did what did you have, Justin, for the restaurant? Wait, what forty do I get tomorrow? <laughs> What's a good 40? I don't even know. Yeah, I would not know, Justin. You know I don't drink that I might just get Budweiser, like, straight up. That's the first 40 I ever drank. I threw up so hard at at 14. I was in the woods slamming 40s, bro. My brother had to come get me. I was on the side of the road vomiting (laughs) at 14. I hated beer for, like, 10 years after that. No, it was, like, six years. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to be back. like, I didn't drink beer for 10 years. No, okay, like six days. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that messed me up. Okay, I've got two. Uh-oh, you're, so you're two. breaking uh-huh. form is what you're telling me? The first time I came on, I think I had two, actually. I don't recall it all, but uh, so, someone will tell, tell me if I'm wrong. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first thing is just punch. Right, no description, just you know, punch. And okay. Pe- people are like, "Oh yeah, let me let me get some punch." And I was on the fence about making this a bloody mary or punch, but we're going with punch. <laughs> and what it is is it's just straight up like, you know, the punch that was poured on on fucking Ashtray's body, but with Dashiki's toe fungus in it like pulp. Oh. You now you get your orange juice with pulp. Yeah, fungus in there. I am also grossed out by orange juice with pulp. I only drink no pulp, so that that (laughs) makes it even worse for me, Justin. It's not too bad. Orange Orange juice juice with pulp? Orange juice with pulp is... I think we've had this discussion. I don't like heterogeneous drinks. Like, I don't want to drink that has, like, solids in it. I don't want to have to chew my drink. That's so terrible. (laughs) You don't chew the pulp, bro. Some of the, some of the people I've known, the orange juice they get with pulp is like, like more pulp than juice. Like I've had some bad experiences with pulp in my life. Okay, yo, one time, one time, Nick, when we lived together in college, he bought orange juice from when he worked at a grocery store. I'm not kidding you. This orange juice was like 75 percent pulp. Like you had to chew it. And it had Donald Duck's face on it. It was Disney branded orange juice. I'm not kidding you. He had that, and I wanted to kill him for it. I still want to kill him for it. That's that's, just, that's disgusting. It's blasphemy. That should not exist. <laughs> I'm, I'll mess with the Tropicana orange juice with pulp. Some pulp, lots of pulp. I don't know why somebody wants lots of pulp. Why that's even <laughs> definitely marketed. not Disney orange juice. <laughs> yeah, I don't well. want. I don't want any drink with Donald Duck's face on it, I'm being honest. <laughs> so so what you're saying for your pitch, your first snack is Kool-Aid filtered through or filtered on somebody's body and then with toe fungus mixed in? You don't have to filter it on somebody's body, but definitely the toe fungus. Okay, okay. So that's like the customer option if they want it uh, body filtered or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> yeah, you can charge them like ten times as much. Oh, definitely. And Up-time. then the chef oh, yeah. just like – Pours it on his chest first. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> okay, and so right. since you had a second one, what do you got? Yeah, yeah, toothpicks. So customers think, you know, I'm just going to get a toothpick to, uh, to you know, get the food out of my teeth with. Mm-hmm. But then while they're picking their teeth, a car comes and hits them and forces them to eat the toothpicks. What? <laughs> <laughs> just okay. like toothpick he goes i swallowed my toothpick so we have to force the customers to swallow their toothpicks okay okay i don't know if we're gonna have uh if the customers will always be in a position for a car to come by without like destroying other tables or something like that which we're not against i'm saying but uh but okay i mean i'm, I'm just saying there's other ways to get them to force them to swallow their toothpick right okay like we could scare them or something you could or if you just want the waiter to show up and just punch them you know punch them (laughs) force it down their throat you know hold their nose and just 
force the toothpicks. Okay, okay. I, I, I dig it. You know, I like it. Uh, we mentioned uh, House earlier because the, uh, Paris Barclay directs an episode of House. Uh, there is an episode of House where the, uh, the medical mystery is that the dude swallowed his toothpick, and it takes him 40 minutes to figure that out. <laughs> Why do they care? Why is, does this matter? Because that, I mean, the whole point of House is why do they care? Why do doctors care, right? Fuck doctors. <laughs> no, but did he get sick from the toothpick? Is he allergic to wood? Well, yeah, it like punctured a uh, punctured oh. his intestines and stuff, and he had you know, you've seen House before, haven't you? The whole like somebody comes in with symptoms, so they got to figure out what what's causing right. it. Yeah, and I wanted to know what the symptom was. It just seems so benign. Oh, I think uh, I. I don't remember how it starts. I don't remember what the inciting symptom is, but but there's definitely you know at least three symptoms. You know how there's a symptom, new symptom happens before every commercial break in House. That formula. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that much House like you. Oh yeah, I've seen all of House. It's just it's all about the instant gratification of terrible TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Okay, so those are your only two, Justin. Yeah, yeah, that's all I got. LaShawn, are you sticking with form? You only had one for the for the rest yeah. of it? Okay, good, <laughs> good. And I think my last one was um, we, we do have a waiting area in the rest. You know, when you're waiting for a table to open up because, because even though the restaurant is infinite in space, you have to wait for your tables because that's what a classy restaurant does, makes you wait for a seat. Uh, in the waiting room... <laughs> I want plastic on all of the seats and the furniture and stuff like that. And I think this is going to fit well because remember, LaShawn, when we did our airplane episode, one of the things I pitched was for the restaurant in the waiting room, we need issues of the magazine Modern Sperm. So so if the Modern Sperm magazine is getting anybody too excited, we'll have plastic on the furniture. This makes easy cleanup. <laughs> all right. That was all I had. The more we talk about the restaurant, the more I think it'd be a great, like, VR area. With <laughs> VR taken off, you know? I think we might have, like, a VR experience ride in the restaurant from a while ago, if I remember correctly. And I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, it was, like, a VR roller coaster experience. But, like, the roller coaster always ends in you, like, dying in VR. And so we were trying to scare people, like... You know, you ever hear that thing where it's like if you if you blindfold oh. somebody and you tell them that you're like pushing them off a cliff or something, and then you like put, you're not actually anywhere near a cliff, like they can scare themselves to death. That idea, I think we were playing with that. Yeah. Like we were trying to scare customers to death in VR. <laughs> yeah, I remember growing up, I was always told if you die in your dreams, you, you'll actually die in real life. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. <laughs> you know how many times I've died in my dreams? Every Dude, dream. It's crazy. Every dream. I die every night. I don't think there's a dream I, I've ever had that I don't die in. <laughs> Straight up. No, I'm telling you, though, a VR, you know, the infinite whatever the, the hell your shit's called. The infinite the inf void time vortex? Yeah, the, yeah, in VR, dude, people would eat that up. Think about it when you blow okay. up. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. The Cinemodities VR experience. I like it. I like it. Yes. And then the unrated VR experience where it's just a bunch of nudity. <laughs> Perfect. Crazy legs is naked. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so, if there's nothing else for the restaurant, then that brings us to thanks you to both to discuss for discussing. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I'm glad we we talked about it and revealed how sad we should feel for laughing at it. So. Uh, if you ever want to hear LaShawn talk about hydraulics and things like that, where can people find you, LaShawn? Or, or not talk just, about hydraulics. <laughs> yeah. Just head over to YouTube and look 
up LJ's Garage, and you'll find me and cars and all sorts of uh, stuffs. But yeah, thanks, Rob. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on. And Justin, where can people find you if they want to talk more about uh, what 40 you should get? <laughs> I'm, I'm subscribing to LaShawn's YouTube quick. Before I forget. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. They, I don't know that they can find me, but you could just deposit my check at midnight. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Okay. Right on. I will continue to put your uh, chess.com username in the show notes because it's part of the template every time you're on. So that's perfect. Um, All right. So once again, thank you guys for being here. And the only question we have left is, well, how do we end this? What music are we going to play in reverse? And I was definitely thinking we would take the song that plays during the sexy food foreplay scene, which is All the Things Your Man Won't Do by Joe, and play that in reverse. Because I think that's (laughs) the song that's most prominently featured um, and we, even it's in reverse, if we took the, um, the R. Kelly songs that he's involved on the soundtrack, we would probably get canceled for the 10 millionth time. We've been canceled so many times. Um, but also all the things your man won't do is, uh, is a pretty good song. seen the interview but i just remember that whole thing where they were they were using in the marketing where they were like we can't release this movie north korea is gonna attack us and i'm like i'm like it's just a movie like calm down like this like this is a marketing no, but gimmick. they were actually getting hacked and shit bro yeah, like they were sony got hacked i mean sony gets hacked every four years even when a movie <laughs> isn't out i think it was all a marketing gimmick they got hacked anyway and they just paired it with this movie no, North Korea legit like hacked and threatened them and were like threatening 
to release sensitive information about their employees if they release the movie in I the movie theater. In the, so they, I don't believe this in the slightest. <laughs> this is this just screams marketing gimmick, a hundred percent. What the fuck? <laughs> this dude's like. I don't know, man. Next, you're gonna start telling me we didn't land on the moon and aliens are real. <laughs> well, aliens are definitely real. We're all aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that, regardless, that was a good ass movie. So, yeah, I, I I think I have a copy of it. I've just never seen it. For everybody, Do, should I describe this or should you describe this? I don't know where you're going with this, Justin. That was you very funny, ahead. but we need to describe it. You go ahead. Justin just shared his screen with me. Went to Google and typed in, how should I tell Rob, how to tell Rob he should go suck a gun. (laughs) And now he's on articles like, does carrying a pistol make you safer? I don't know if it'll make me safer. The tears seem to imply yes. It'll make me happier. (laughs) Small guns suck. (laughs) (laughs) You have to put it in quotes for Google to see if we get that exact match, you know? Like, did anybody ever say, go suck a gun? gun. Looks like there aren't any any great matches for your search. This this has gone off the rails more so than a lot of Cinemodities discussions. And Justin, you get mad at me in the Matilda episode for talking about the skinniness of M. Beth Davids. And yet, okay, fucking turn your screenshot. I don't want to watch Twitch. Stop. Oh my god, every time you fucking share your screen with me, you show me Twitch. I don't want to see Twitch. Look at this guy's mustache, bro. Oh my god, you want to watch a quick speed run? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Can we do like a, uh, is there like a a, 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 a ten second Cinemodities restaurant speed run? <laughs> oh no, my no. god, oh my god, Justin. You're... Okay, good, he stopped sharing his screen. Well... Where with all we? that being said, with the monstrosity of editing that oh, wait, Rob what were is you saying, what you were saying something, I was saying a lot of things. It was about you and Twitch and shit like that. Before that, I don't remember that far back in time. <laughs> shit, no, I wanted you to can't... say it was good. It was you can't good. Hold... It was content. You can't hold me accountable for everything I say. <laughs> was it about the? I, I think maybe it was I if if Zach wouldn't hate me I would want to make this this gun sucking. No, it's picture. about Matilda. You should not have called her that. Come on. She oh, and Beth Davis she's is fucking anorexic in that movie. She's no, so she's skinny. She's fine. Like literally, if we ever met M. Beth Davids in real life in 1994 when that movie was being filmed, we would shake her hand and she would crumble into a pile of bones. That's how skinny she is. Edit that one out. That one's rough. Come on, bro. She's great. She's fine. You're body shaming. She weighs like 70 pounds. No. She's the only person in real life that could eat her weight in Gouda and live through it. No shot, bro. Nobody could live through eating their weight in Gouda. (laughs) Justin's like, I don't usually ask for editing privileges on these, but I would like some some hand in this. Oh no, oh. M. Beth Davids is great. It's just that she's way too skinny in Matilda. That's just she's how it is. She's, she's wonderful, any, just the way she is. Any... <laughs> she's good. She's better in Fallen. It's like she's actually eaten food in Fallen. 
Oh my god. In Matilda, it's just like... Okay. The, the whole point of Matilda is that Aunt Trunchbull wouldn't let her eat anything. Maybe I shouldn't have looped us back to this. Maybe we should have just kept going after all. That's my bad. That's actually... I should have, I should have seen where this was going to go oh my god. and known better.